So, Lance Stroll, apologist. Ooh. <laughs> the fastest kid in Formula SAE, even though no one wanted it. And Formula SAE car thief. Ooh. Dalton Kellett. Yeah. Who is not an engineer, nor a fizz. <laughs> if you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? I would describe this dinner as uh, umami. Okay. Umami? Okay. Which is a food. Okay, you are now. You just became a food snob. So umami is like a. <laughs> Confident a, nod. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am, sir. Like, well, it's, it's a bit uh -huh. of a nod to where we are eating. And the, it's, I see. You know, we're, so, we're at a sushi place. So for those who are not of the Toronto elite. Yeah. What is umami in the grand scheme of taste buds, sir? I guess it's one that people have a hard time describing. This is it's already like, a boring intro. Okay, it's yeah, like yeah. the yeah. 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 episode. <laughs> it's like not savory, but it's like just click like, on Ron Fellows. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> and now for dinner with racers, presented by Continental Tire, with your hosts Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Racers. Hey, Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley. I'm Sean Heckman. And we are currently driving back to Atlanta, Georgia, my hometown, ah. so I can drop you off at the airport. So we just did a cool film festival thing down in uh, Hilton Head, and uh, Sean flew in. We went down. We had lunch with some fans. That was super cool. But uh, you know who else we had some lunch with earlier this year? Huh. Not Dalton Kellett. He was at dinner. That was, I yeah. was going to correct you. Yeah. I was trying to think of a smart-ass way to do it, but no, you did I, it no, yourself. I, I did it to myself there. So, so Dalton Kellett. If you're not familiar with Dalton Kellett, uh, he has been part of the uh, uh, open wheel scene yep. in North America for, for several years. He drove in Indy Lights for several years yep. and went on to uh, the Indy car ranks. And uh, what's cool about Dalton Kellett is, one, he's actually intelligent. He has a degree in engineering. Yes. A, a race driver with a college degree, mm -hmm. which is increasingly rare. He's very self-aware. Yeah, but it, and that's where I was going to go, is that the reason we want to get Dalton Kellett, he may not have the namesake of, of some of the big championship winners and whatnot in IndyCar that we've had in the past, but he's incredibly self-aware, and that's why we actually thought he'd be a good guest. So Dalton has been very fortunate through the years to have things like family sponsorship get him to where he wants to go. Uh, but he's also very accepting of that, understands his place, has an engineering degree to back up that he does have quite a bit of discipline to be where uh, where he wants to be. And in his career was actually always very giving with things like STEM programs and fan engagement and, and just sort of always seemed to appreciate his place in the sport. And that's why we thought he'd be a good get. You know, one of the reasons we ended up getting in touch with Dalton was because of his social media, seeing his posts and his takes on how the sport's going, what they should focus on. And it was never very preachy or you know what they should do, but it was more along the lines of well thought out concepts that Sean and I recognized. They were like, hey, this kid's actually pretty sharp. And so we even joked with him that he could potentially be somebody that runs IndyCar instead of drives in it. And I think he was smart enough to realize that uh, the family business might be a little bit smarter. Yeah, uh, and, that's, and that's what he's doing right now. But we'll get it. But you'll hear all about that in the episode. Uh, but this is all in uh, the beautiful city of Toronto, yes. Canada. And we ate at a fantastic restaurant called Miku Toronto. Yeah, probably one of the best sushi restaurants we've ever been to. It absolutely was. Uh, every Everything on the menu was fantastic, including their uh, chicken sandwich. Yep. Yeah, I had a, just an assortment of sushi. Uh, Dalton and I actually shared a few things. And, uh, it, it, yeah, that, I'd go back there in a second. <laughs> So here are some things you're going to learn about with Dalton Kellett. Learning that your Tinder game is better than another IndyCar driver. Can't say who. Formula SAE when you're already in pro racing. And actually concentrating on the family business instead of saying that 
and then leaving motorsports. Huh. But you know what family I like? Our sponsor family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People like Continental Tires. They are. Yeah, they're they're like a family. They're like the smart choice in tire families. They're, they are. They are the light inside your family. That's the tagline. That is the tire fam family no, tagline. It's the, it's the smart choice in, in tires. tires. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Could you do the thing I that people do the look thing. for again? It is Continental Tire. Well, again. Continental Tire. Hey, you know who loves taglines and gimmicks? Sebastian Bourdais? Yeah. Why do you guys keep asking me about robot dogs? Robot. Uh, robot. Robot. Oh, come on. All right. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah. And uh, once again, thank you to the fans for all the stuff that you do to support what we're doing and let Continental know how much you appreciate it. And that brings you such unexpectedly delightful conversations, such as with Dalton Kellett. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Going on. Hey, Sean. Good to meet you, man. Take a seat. This full setup, man. Oh, yeah, we fancy. <laughs> we waste no time. Put yeah, that on. He's on it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be like uh, just a little recorder on the table or something. No, no, no. <laughs> we, uh, as you can see, we like to look the part of professionals. Yep. Uh, key thing being look. So, you took the subway? Yeah. That's a th is that a thing? Yeah, there's like three lines here, so it's okay. not it's not exactly uh, New York or London or anything. But right, but people get around. Yeah. Okay, I know nothing about the subway here. I don't know shit about Toronto, to be honest. It's the first time? Uh, yes and no. So, I've been through Toronto a million times to get to Mostport. But uh, I think I've only had dinner in like actual downtown once in my life. Otherwise, okay. never really bothered. So, man, it's, it's too bad it's a Monday because there's so many like cool places here that you yeah. can go. But like, you know, so much. I like clothes. cool. Yeah, I, like I. I this I, is I, a good I, spot. Cool. Sean's in Dirt Club a lot. Yeah. yeah, he's in Dirt Club. Dirt Club. The main reason we wanted to meet with you is obviously, you know, you're you're now in a new phase with what you're doing. Right. Um, we don't know each other at all, but it seems like you've always had a very good grasp on kind of what your place was in the sport. Yeah. Um, and this is we don't know each other, so this is a bad example. But like we look at our buddy Justin Marks, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. who was a pretty good driver, but I think he always knew kind of where he fit and yep. what he his intelligence and understanding of what the sport was and what he's doing today yeah. is like next level. And I have no idea what you're interested in the future of racing is, but we figured you come from a you know, a background, background that we don't. And you, from everybody we've talked to, you, you actually are, are intelligent, which is <laughs> rare for most drivers. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, hopefully I don't disappoint. I don't know. Oh, you, I'm sure you will, but don't worry about it. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll find we, a way. We ruin Ron Fellows. We'll ruin you, <laughs> <laughs> So am I allowed to have a beer? Or are we, oh, dude, we're, yeah, that's okay. I'm, we're fired up okay. here. Have yeah. at it. So yeah. I'm driving. So you come here often to this? this I've been here a couple times. Yeah. There's actually, like, I mean, Toronto's, like, a great city because it's so diverse and multicultural. Yeah. And you get so many, like, you know, just great restaurants, whether you want, like, new fusion stuff or, like, super really authentic yeah. in whatever culture you want to be, you know, eat, whose food you want to be eating. So there's, like, you know, cooler or more authentic places. This is, like, downtown kind of yeah, financial kind of district, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. lunch meeting vibes. But I figured it was a good spot for, yeah. for so sure. We, we, we'll get into this later, but we know for a fact you were on Bumble for a little bit. <laughs> and uh -oh. uh, was this, like, the default Bumble date place? I never went on a Bumble or Tinder or anything date, like, Swiping app date in Toronto because oh. <laughs> I, I was doing that all when I yeah, was he's in casting Indy. a wide net on the road. Oh, yeah. Indy, or okay. traveling for racing. Yeah, that was, you know. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, because I moved from Kingston, Ontario, which is where Queens is, where I went to school. Yeah, pretty much I graduated and came home and packed my 2011 Super STI up, and me and my dad drove down to Indy, and that's where I was for literally until 
three months ago. Oh, so the, uh, being back to Toronto is it's new. New, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I, okay. I, I grew up here, so my parents' place is in Stouffville, which is like with traffic an hour and a bit from okay. here without like really, 25 like minutes. Really, west or east? Well, or? Uh, just straight north. Straight north, okay. So, so the, not close to most part then? No, it'd be, I mean, I, I when we did when I did the P2 races at most part, I think I stayed at home because it's, oh, wow, it's just close, close enough. It's like okay. 45 minutes from yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you're like, you're just going country roads. So there's no traffic. Right, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. So yeah, pick some stuff and we'll yeah. uh, we'll get going. Yeah, the Justin Marks thing is an inter- is a good thing to bring up because he's actually someone that I've looked at and been like, I I I, I like he's what he's doing. Guy, well, to yeah. be honest, that's why we want to talk with you specifically yeah. because like you, we don't know each other, but Sean and I have spoken about you quite a bit offline. Just like we're always talking about people we could get for the show. This is like right. years ago because it's like uh, I think admittedly your IndyCar results weren't what you were looking for. Yeah, but the sh- you were posting was pretty spot on with like somebody that understands how the sp- the sport actually yeah. works or yeah. should work. And I was yeah. like, okay. This kid isn't like I'm better than you, or I'm, I, you know, he's not, not complaining. Into the, not falling into the tropes that sometimes a funded yeah. driver can yep. bring in terms yeah. of like, oh, I got screwed. No. Or yeah, like he was just like, yeah. This so we always is. took away so. from that, like, oh, this kid seems to get it. Yeah, y- you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we should probably just get into this to kind of set set the tone. Uh, what's a good story that you might remember from Laguna Seca Turn Twelve? Seca Turn Twelve. Um. For folks at home, that's a bar restaurant. That's a bar, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. There's 11 turns of the track, yeah. so the 12th turn is yeah. the... Oh, so I remember it was like, okay, ha- ha- Ooh, anything dramatic it. happened on the track, and I don't think so. I think all the drama ha- usually it, happened elsewhere. Correct. So, yes. Right. Um, or is the last turn turn 11? I'm trying to remember. Last that. turn is turn 11. Turn 11, there's a, yeah, There's a restaurant 12. called turn okay. 12, which is the yeah. thing. I was thinking the hairpin. I was trying to go for the corner numbers, <laughs> and I was like, it's not <laughs> yeah, making sense. No, really go way lower with your... Yeah, yeah. But we also might have interviewed another another IndyCar driver... Who, oh. who had a memory that you might or might not have. Hmm. We'll just call him Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Jack B. Yeah. Jack. Jack, oh, Jack okay, B. I think Jack I know B. where we're yeah. going with yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were, and I, I was not an IndyCar at the time of the story, uh, but the as you probably know at the end of, you know, or at least for IndyCar and lights and the road to Indy world, like Laguna is kind of usually the last stop of the year, or at least it has been for the last, you know, for the last little bit. And uh, it was the the season finale, so there was like the, the, at the time the Mazda Road to Indy and the Road to Indy Awards banquet and all that, and then that thing happens, then we all go out to right. turn twelve. And afterwards. you're in lights at this point. I'm in lights, yeah. yeah. And um, um, Jack Beach was it? Is uh, I think in, yeah yeah Jack was all. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about Zach Beach. Here. Um, he was uh, I think he was at Bellardi that year, so I think he was still in lights as well. And um, we. We're, you know, us, the whole paddock, everyone's, it's the end of the year, you're getting pretty hammered, right? It's a, you know, big night. And, um, and like, everyone's there. It's, like, like drivers, engineers, my, my parents were there. Uh, and we're getting ready to leave. And, again, it's like my, my, my parents are there. And um, I think I was going to, we were all going to get back in a car together because we had some friends that were there. So they all came, we were all one big group. And I get this, like, emergency text from, from Zach. It was like, hey, man, like, you know, just, like, yeah. and, again, we're, inebriated so it wasn't coherent so <laughs> it was like he, he sent me like a ping like a like a, i'm here oh, on that's maps not a good start. right and yeah. i was like and i'm like uh-uh. we're about to get in the uber and i'm like i gotta go by and um just kind of dipped and my parents were like what the heck was that I was like, all right I'll, I'll just i'll see you back at the hotel and um zach and uh some friends were walking back yeah, and are like, you single at the time or i'm i'm single yeah okay Anyway, some Zach and some friends are walking back, and like one of our friends, who I, I just can't name, like we we tripped, we're pretty sure we know who it is, but yeah, go on. Tripped and 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 fell and sort of was not in a good state, and um, you know Zach, Zach and I were like you know 
hanging out a lot at the time because we were really into rock climbing and stuff. And, like, um, I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe I was the dad of the group is how people saw me. I'm just maybe I'm that boring kind of person. And um, I guess instead of calling 911, it was like, let's call Dalton. And so then I show up <laughs> and I'm like, and, 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 I, and, and I get there and it's, it's like, like basic. Yeah, were you like the smart friend that kind of was like the dad of the, the, the community? Definitely in this situation. You're, Charlie, sure. you're, you're the fixer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the... Uh, What's that Leah Schreiber character? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you know who I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, the Showtime <laughs> show. Yeah, the Showtime show. Yeah. Now I can't. Martin Donovan or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, like, the, the, the long story short is I, I, I get there. You know, one of our friends is not in a good state. And, it fall, and you know, basic first aid. Like, there's nothing you know, dramatic going on. But, like, just everyone's been drinking and, like, whatever. And you know, I think everyone, drivers are, like, inherently cagey about, like, drama and stuff getting in the new, you know, especially, like, you're young and you're just kind of paranoid, right? So there was a bit of a like, oh, dude, like what? What do we do? We're gonna get in trouble, and, this, and, I, and I think I was like pretty straight because I was like maybe a little less drunk. I was like, if we don't call the cops, and then something happens, well, yeah, we're all in trouble. Yeah, yeah then you then yeah. you killed somebody. Yeah. Yeah, if right, like yeah. we just call the cops right yeah. now, yeah. and they come and you know, and we're like, this is what happened. They take uh, this person away and look after them and yeah. give them you know yeah. the best care they can, and yeah. then charge them ten thousand dollars because it's, it's the United States of, of of America, right? Yeah, that's what we do. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. You know, we're yeah. like, as as far as our concerns and what what we should be doing, that's the right path. So that's that's what we did. You know, called the cops, one of our friends. Wow, you are the adult now. Yeah, as opposed to, to like the second grader, she's like, <laughs> leave him, go, we're run. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's basically what Get happened. On my bike. And then you know, then we all went back. And then the the ones that <laughs> were still standing went back, and then we had some more beers. So hotel. this guy was so this this alleged per- person, person, person was yeah. so <laughs> inebriated. You basically you called the cops in an ambulance. And well, I called nine one, and then oh, you okay. get, and then they like, hey, we have a you know a friend that's down. Like, so passed We got a man down. <laughs> you know. Side okay. back up. But you're all inebriated at this point. Mm. Okay, so yeah. you're all a little bit sketchy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. not like I, I'm retelling the story from, like, you know, I, I was a little nervous at the time, too, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, Canadian sure. Canadian sure. in America with a visa and all oh, this stuff. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, and you just, um, and you, you're, you just murdered yeah, somebody. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pushed so. them down a flight of stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we all liked the person. It wasn't like, it wasn't a setup or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So and, and they they like show up and you know just tell them what happened and they you know and once they they deal with us all the time right so they were like what they drank was their drugs but I was like definitely it wasn't drugs you know but anyway and then they you know, got in the omits and went away okay that was, that was that's the story we all right but what happened the next morning yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh so this is kind of funny actually yeah. I kind of forgot this detail so the next morning so I and being the responsible one I had like given the cop or the I can't remember if it was the officer or, like, the paramedic, but I gave somebody my phone number, and I was like, this person's going to wake up and not know where what's going right, on. Right, right, like, right. Yeah, give they're going to be you know, in a jail cell or a hospital bed. Yeah, tell them to call Dalton, and I was like, I wrote the number down just because, you know, no one knows numbers anymore, right? So I was like, here's my number. Just tell them to call this number. And it's like, we wake up the next day, and we're, like, looking at our watches, like, TikTok, what's, you know, we hoping to hear from this person, and we ne- we didn't, and now it's, like, 11. And I think I, I called the hospital, and I was like, Hey, one of our friends got you know um, is probably there. Like, can you We're help us out? And they're to like, track down a body. Yeah, and they're like, we can't, we can't tell you that. <laughs> right, like, right, right, like, right, yeah, right, right, right. And we couldn't get a hold of them. And finally, we got a hold of them like at noon or something. And they were just freaking the person. They were, and then like, I guess they finally got back to their hotel and plugged their phone in, and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. charged their phone. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. And then, and then you know, they were obviously concerned and then they didn't remember any of it they were like <laughs> right they just, just woke up in a hospital woke bed. up in a hospital bed and were like in monterey yeah and then i <laughs> or yeah. Salinas. Yeah. and like did i win the championship yeah. <laughs> like, was it turn three <laughs> 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 and 
that's the sad thing. It's like looking back, you could have totally messed with them more. Oh, it's like you've already been through a lot. Yeah. That's why you know you were young. Yeah, yeah right. we would have gone. Oh yeah, gone absolutely. I'd have yeah, like yeah. left a steering wheel in the room. <laughs> like, that's all they had left. Hitting yeah. an arm and a sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that, that's the turn twelve story. Okay. okay. All right. Were you? Uh, was that when you were with Hunkos or with Andretti? Ooh. Um, it was. Yeah, it was the second last year in lights, so I would have been with with Andretti. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, then I met Nicole that year and then we um and you guys met uh like in a park you were walking through no so actually we met on tinder so just not in this city <laughs> not, oh wait where was she uh, wait was it indy yeah okay all right so she's yeah. she was born in california gotcha and then her dad's an engineer yeah. um and uh, there's a lot of engineers in our family yeah and um she's an occupational therapist so she's doing her clinical placements at um iu methodist right which we all know from from the track and uh so it's kind of a funny story. I don't know if you uh, did, did. Were any? Were you, you probably weren't ever on Tinder, right? <laughs> Hold on, asshole. I like that he looked at you. I like that he looked directly at me. <laughs> okay, how old am I? It's okay. I promise. Yeah. Um, you, you're allowed to get it wrong. I won't yeah, be offended. Yeah, there's no wrong we, answer. Trust me, we've had people get it way wrong. Thirty-eight. <laughs> no, you're being nice. Now you're being nice. <laughs> what a dickhead. Yeah, you're being nice. What's the real age? Uh. 45. Okay. okay. I'll give you that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You went 44. But, uh, that's, okay. That's not real, though. Was that being generous? Yeah. You thought I was. Yeah. I, I actually was going to say 42, but then because you were, you kind of balked at 35. <laughs> I was like, maybe he's old. Well, maybe he's like, yeah, really yeah, but either way, he knows you were never but on Tinder. He knows I was definitely too old and have no game. <laughs> There's no way you work on Tinder. Mm-hmm. You're correct. I've never really done the, the Tinder. <laughs> in bubble. the end, you were right. You were correct. So, you know, your your substances. So, are, like, are the thing. at the time, I don't, I don't know how it works now, but like, you could get like one super like a day, right? And that, like, was that like a pay thing? Like yeah, well, I think you could pay for more, but if like yeah, so what is this? Like a, just to tease you, like, give you like, one super like day. bumps you to the front of their line, yeah. So they're gonna see. Oh, it. so it it's not that they like, know you super like. Yeah. It's just that yeah. when they're going through their hundred well, guys, because no, because I think when they do, you like they get a ping that like so and so super liked you. Whereas yeah. normally they would never get a notification on their phone. Yeah, I see. The only time you would know is if you both swipe together. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, so, yeah. so right. I but swipe in other on words, like, and they swipe on me. Let's be assume like, ah. they've got a couple minutes and they're just swiping through. If you're front of the queue, you're more likely to at least get the swipe. I'm never going to understand this. Anyway, so I, I super liked Nicole. Yeah. Um, and then, like, four months went by, and I was like, cause, you know, I was just on Tinder swiping, having fun. And then, randomly, then I get the notification back that, like, so, you know, Nicole. Oh, so she just came back. Liked you. It was like four months later or something. Oh, wow. So she, she either hadn't been on or she just broke up with Will. Well, so <laughs> what, what had happened. <laughs> It was the, the former. Um, okay. So <laughs> as she tells the story, she had, like, because she had broken up with somebody, like, you know, six months before or something or, or mm-hmm. like before this point. And then she was on the apps and, like, had met some weirdos and was like, oh, screw this, I'm done. And yeah. then one of her friends would, like, <laughs> met met, would just Daly. go on her, <laughs> would actually just go on her profile. <laughs> and, no. and um, uh, sorry, just made me laugh. Um. The Connor Daly joke? Well, not because it's Connor, but because she had, because she actually met, she didn't meet up with, but she had like matched with another driver in Indy and had like a bad, not bad experience, but like it just didn't go anywhere. And then all right, like, we need na- we need names on this. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you can just keep that clip with no contact. Yeah, yeah correct. You're right. Yes. yes That's how. Yeah. You, I'm yeah. glad you understand anything. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be um, just fine. She hasn't really told this story in public, so mm-hmm. but it was so funny because we like showed up to 
somebody else's event like yeah. after we were dating and then he was there and yeah. then like I, I didn't she didn't t she told me afterwards <laughs> but like <laughs> oh, apparently it was yeah. super awkward oh nice oh nice. like, wow. like, yeah. on, like on, and it was like like on the way home she she kind of was like mm -hmm. oh you know by the way by the way yeah. like him and I yeah. know this guy I was like oh that, that's what the vibe was was going was about yeah. so you um, read it at least yeah so <laughs> where where were we we were talking that about you have better game than apparently yeah. that's all I know <laughs> fun so. bleeping all these yeah so I'm Tinder because there seems to be a different uh, range of opinions on this, and I don't have a, I don't have a dog in this fight. Um, the race car driver photo, mm -hmm. does that go in the profile, and what order? Because mm -hmm. how many photos do you normally get? Four or five? Uh, six, I thought. Something like that. Yeah, 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 six yeah. or five yeah. or five to seven. Okay. Um, I think it does, because it, it did on mine, but it was like the third photo. So it's not the first. Yeah, yeah. I definitely used it. Was it your first, though? Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like... Some good picture of me that I or like so that I thought yeah. was like a good candid shot. Yeah. Then it was like me and my dog. Then it was the driving thing. Yeah. But yeah. The, the funny thing was like when we first met, we were like, just like she, she didn't really know like her, her Nick's dad's like a big race fan, but Nicole like didn't really know like what Indy Lights was or mm -hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. And um, I think as she told me later, she was like, I thought you were one of those like, you know, like. Dirt racer guys that, oh, yeah. uh, from my yeah, hometown yeah. that's like hanging on to the yeah. dream at like yeah. twenty whatever. <laughs> hanging on to the dream. <laughs> so she said the, like the only saving grace was that I had made it in the description. So she saw the pictures and then read the description. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, I had yeah. in the description that I have my engineering degree. So she was like, okay. "Oh, he's not just like some bum some race car driver." <laughs> yeah, 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 right. So, growing up in Toronto, uh, family racers. I, I got into racing through my dad, but he was never um, a racer himself. But a huge car guy, like, you know, has a couple American muscle cars and all that. And his buddy that he bought them from that did the restoration work, you'd probably either, sorry, know or know of. So remember, Speed Vision, Dream Car Garage? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So Clutes, you know, Peter Ryan, mm -hmm. uh, Gary. Mm -hmm. So Pete's kids are my age, and my dad and Pete are, you know, longtime buddies. That's cool. And my dad's bought a couple cars off Pete, and, um, and he's actually he was on a couple episodes of that show no back way. in the day. Like That's they did cool. a like a, a Cuda build shootout thing, sure. and one of the Cudas, like a purple, like beautiful car. He, he still has it. Um, that car was his, and then they did something with uh, they built this like crazy resto mod. Uh, actually, it's also a Cuda that. Um, it's got, it's got like 1,200 horsepower or something. And, um, anyway, so he's he's done some stuff with Pete o over the years, but like when we were kids. Uh, you know, Pete is obviously a racer, and his kids, Gary and Ryan, grew up racing go-karts. So we grew up together. We have probably the, one of the funniest home videos, like racing-related home videos. We're like three years old or four years old, and we're at our cottage in Halbert on, or Minden, Ontario at the time, racing these little Arctic Cat, Kitty Cat, little two-stroke 70cc skidoo things. Parents had put like a little milk crate track up, and we're you know in and out of the trees and around the driveway and stuff. And Gary's brother Ryan like hits a whoop and kind of cases it, and like open face, and his his head hits the handlebars. And there's no like it's there's no safety, right? It's just like a handlebar, and it's parents just go silent, and then you just hear. See dad and dad and Pete running over. So Gary and Ryan went on to like start racing go karts at like seven years old, and. Like we were, you know, we're still, we're still, we're still really good buddies. We go skiing all the time, and I, I was always like, to my parents, oh, I want to, I want to try racing go karts. I want to try, want to try karts. And I think my parents probably had some foreshadowing or premonition that they would, you know, because I was always into cars and ATVs, right? And snowmobiles. Well, I mean, one of the sells is that urgent care is free. <coughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, what? Precisely. <laughs> Get that. What, does, what does that mean? Get our, no, our go for it. You can, you can go for it. Our. our our our, our health care get our little Canadian cards right yeah there you go um, 
So I always, you know, I'd seen Gary and Ryan racing and like just loved the idea of it. And finally, I was about 13 years old. My parents let me, you know, they're like, all right, let's let's give it a shot. See if you want to something you'd want to pursue. And yeah, I'm glad that they didn't, you know, or no, they didn't let me do it, but they kind of guided me to like try skiing or try yeah, try some other things. And I, and I tr tried a bunch of other sports, and right. like I, I still ski to this day. And I and I'm guessing you were probably one of these kids, like you have to earn it positions yeah, in terms of grades. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Well, and that was always a big thing on my parents was right. the academics and the, yeah. you know, yeah. and then. That you know, then went through my whole career. Kind yeah, of thing, sure, right? sure, sure. Um, but uh, you know, it was good for me to like as a kid. I think get out and like try all this other stuff because I don't know. I'm unless you're like you know, there's the child prodigies type thing. But I think for the mo for the mo for the bulk of people that are gonna even do a sport professionally, like what you gain from like five to ten, I think it's diminishing returns. It's minuscule compared to if what you're if you're doing it right from like you yeah, know, I get 10 that. If you're to twenty do that, kind yeah. of thing. No, it should be about wanting what you don't like. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or living dad's dream. Or that. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a big. <clears> but yeah. this was clearly not the case. No, no. Yeah. And, and you know, my dad actually got into karting after I did. So that's, I, that's he, the exact path I was on. Yeah. 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 And yeah. he like got up, you know, the master's class, and it was funny. Like we're growing up, you know, we're like the kid. We're all pretty serious and national level karting stuff. At, you know, by the time I'm like 15, 16, and my dad got his like master's kart, and. Um, it seemed like the dads would like argue and fight more than the kids. Yep. They would yeah. take it so seriously. Yep. Yep. Like it was so funny to see. And yeah, and my dad's a big tall. He's like six four, yeah. you know, and tall guy. He flipped so many times. Like <laughs> he just we we we, dis we would like weld a porch onto the end of his frame so his legs could go out far enough and nice. it wouldn't be like oh, wow. You know, yeah, he could actually fit in the car. Well, I mean, yeah. the good thing is weight distribution of cards not important. Yeah, right? exactly. So you know, that's, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But wait, so dads were fighting. This is kind of the local this side of the, the country circuit, yep, right? Yep. At By the time you were in it, was the legend of Tony Tracy still a thing? Um, Not at the kart track. Okay. I, I, it was more once you got the cars, you'd have people that st were still around from the kart days. That, uh, you know, that would tell yeah. you about, yeah. Okay. okay. But the kart track that I grew up racing at, Goodwood, was pretty much where probably Ron Fellows started, where PT started. Um, Hinch would have raced a lot there. I, there might have been one closer to him in Oakville, but... I think that was kind of his home track, Robbie, you know. And what was, was the, when you were karting, was this just an exploration of a hobby, or was this always, like, even at 13, like, this is what I'm going to do? I think at first it was, like, a f just a fun thing that I uh, loved doing, but it pretty quickly, like, within a couple of years, became pretty serious. Like, we were then on this, and having started a little bit later, like, we kind of had fast track to, like, getting to the, you know, regional and the national races and stuff. Um, so, yeah, once we were doing, like, national stuff and coming down to the States, yeah, but by that point, it was, like, pretty serious. But also, like I said, the, the school side of it, I was, you know, I was at a pretty academic high school. And, like, right. all... Because that was never allowed to slip. No, that, that, yeah, there that, was that, no that, that never slipped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it wasn't, you know, my parents were never, like, oh, you have to get a 95 to, or you can't go to the kart track this weekend. I think, like, they knew that I was, like, I wanted to also do school. And, like, I think they, they just okay. let me do it because they saw that I was doing both. Well, you were earning it, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And I remember there were a couple times maybe when I was, you know, younger or learning, just being, you know, growing kind of thing. And where I, th I remember my mom saying something like, you know, that she wasn't, or that like it wasn't all my parents to like force me to do school and 
do right. Like it had to come from me, kind of thing. Like I, cool. I had to put the effort in. They were never gonna encourage. Like, like, yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they weren't gonna crack the whip and be like, like I said, like you have to get an A to like go racing. Yeah, it was yeah. either like Just if it gets to the asshole. point. Yeah, yeah, if it gets to the point where we're having to encourage you to do both, like then we're then just not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Or not encourage, but like force you to do both. No, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. If if you're not the one taking yourself to practice, so exactly, to speak, you're not gonna. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah. So you're 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 climbing through these ranks. So it was. At what point do you realize F1's just not a thing? Because you were driving around somebody like Latifi, so you get to see how he right. climbs. Oh, Wickens is test Yeah, out Wickens, who's obviously moved to Europe and did well. Yep. Um, was Stroll ever in the, this side oh, of the yeah, planet? Yeah. Actually, so Lance was always like a, like a, like a class below. Like if, if like I was senior, he was junior. If okay, I was so junior, he was yeah. mini. It was Rotax yeah. at the time, so it was like Got mini it. max or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. micro, mini, junior, senior. Yeah, all the little um, two-stroke combinations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, and he was like, remember his mechanic and, and my, the guy that I was working with, Daryl, was, they were like good buddies. And him and I did, um, I think I either won or came, I think I came second at like this national race. And then he, he won something and we both got like a, a free two-day racing school. At, yeah, the, cool. at yeah, this time it was, um, not that Lance needs the free, the, the, the free sure, two-day but, racing, but racing he, school. Hey, winning something is winning yeah. something. So. And, um, and, uh. It was the what's the one at Tremblant? Um, Mont Tremblant. Yeah, it's yeah. The, they like a lot, same kind of deal as yeah. the Bridgestone yeah. School. Um, and he was there. Him and I did that with you know, people who were there just to like do it for an experience. And he, he was a super nice kid, really like you know super down to earth and all that. So I, I always felt bad like seeing some of the stuff he flack he got like just being around him growing up like he never gave me that vibe of, of like, like being this like the silver better than everybody. Yeah, kinda, sure, sure. You know. Well, that's this can be a conversation for later as well. But that is, I think, part of the just there's a lot of hate from people who just don't understand like we our 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 side of the sport is driven by people paying to be there and so you you can't not our sport wouldn't exist without that yeah um and so our big thing is like as long as you're not a yeah you're fine like you know i don't care how you're doing it so um the the, but back to the formula one dream so the the formula one thing actually kind of tied into my academic sort of pursuits like i looked at you know i was in grade 12 and it was sort of weighing the options of like I decided okay I want to keep keep racing and try to do this end school at the same time. Um, and presumably and grade twelve is the end of school. Yeah, for yeah, 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 last. Yeah. And actually, I I went to a French IB school in, in Toronto, so it was called level five. So <laughs> it went grade one through or kindergarten through grade seven. Okay. And then level one through five. Uh, I, I don't know okay. why. It just so it just eighth through twelfth grade. Yeah, it was one, one through, through five. five. I see. Uh, which no other school. That's just that that's specific. Just, that okay. Toronto French School is called. Fair it, enough. Either way. Either way. You're what, thing. You're what. If you like paying for your health care, you'd be a senior. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, I had, you know, decided. I, I looked at schools in the states for engineering. I looked at schools in Canada and was you know weighing my options between going to like straight physics like a like a bachelor of science and like phys or engineering sure um and I, was this a real interest or was this a related to racing thing this was a real interest this was like okay. from a kid i was always legos taking stuff apart okay. you know putting you. things back together yeah, yeah yeah that whole like me and my friend my buddies from growing up dan we would like rebuilt this little 60 cc dirt bike thing and then once it blew up we like took the motor apart and made and like a cross-sectional kind of thing okay. and all that okay. like like yeah, yeah. cut it on a bandsaw and like you know colored the piston pink and the whatever to show the different parts okay okay so this um, is real. And um, the, and then I, you know, the, the choice was like, okay, do you go to school in North America and pursue either like NASCAR, IMSA, IndyCar, or go over to Europe and try that, you know, try that world. And like, 
I don't know, like logistically at the time, like I made the decision that it just made more sense, like you know, to be like if if I made the choice to go to Europe, it was like I was just going to be moving there and living there. Yeah, but that's the if you're going to be in a Formula Series in Europe, going to school is probably not really going to yeah, be. Yeah, it was going to be pretty like it just. You know, and, and and like going into it totally blind, right? Not knowing yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like here, we knew people in like by that time, kind of knew like you know the hinches and like people kind of in in the American. Which can help you also navigate world. the not getting screwed waters, right? So yeah. yeah. So like it just made more, and like I I felt better about going to school in North America. So I looked at U.S. and Canada, chose Queens in in Kingston, where I went to school, and um, so that kind of drove the decision like towards the, IndyCar. The racing and going to school decision is that your parents or is that you? That was still me. It was all yeah. you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Neither I mean, of us had this kind of maturity. No. If like, <laughs> still don't. Jesus. I, I have a well. I don't have a feeling. I, I I know for a fact if I had a said, mom and dad, I want to like, I'm gonna give it my best shot at racing and like and and not go to school. They would be I like, need. no, you're not doing that. So if you'd said, I want to go to Europe, and that's I just want to race F4. They, pro- they probably wouldn't have been into that. They wouldn't? Okay. No. Okay. I mean, but you never even bridged but it. But it, 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 it was never really a discussion. Like, yeah, I got you. Because that's the thing. It was, if I had gone to Europe, it wouldn't have been just doing F4. It would have been going to university. Yeah. It was almost more like the academic side would have been harder. Like, where do yeah. you go to school in Europe? Like, right, I have right, no right. Idea. Yeah. And, like, you know, we had good guidance, guidance counselors, and some kids from my school went overseas. But, like, that's already a huge thing for a, how old are you, 6, 17 years yeah, old, right? right, right, right. It just no. seemed more manageable to, like, go to school here. Sure. Um, and you're already at this point. By 18, you're probably pretty realistic. Like, at 18, if you didn't have a junior factory contract exactly, to be yeah. F1, it's not happening. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Yeah. so I don't know that we've talked to anybody who's tried to balance school and junior racing. Because the, the one thing I hear, and I don't know how navigatable it was here, is... Uh, school, like engineering school. Yeah, engineering school. Like hard stuff, <laughs> yeah. not political science. <laughs> um, a degree in uh, entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. It's <laughs> a real thing that That's a real thing that if you pay Pepperdine. Um, the uh, if there's a midterm on Friday, mm-hmm. you can't do it. And do, do professors understand? Like, no, no, I really am a race car driver. Is that so a real thing? That was let alone the what you need to study. Yeah, but yeah, go on. So that was even part of the looking at schools process. Like, I actually made a my, my and the school I went to was very like diligent about the um, preparing kids for. Like, it was a small a private school in Charles. Like yeah. seventy kids graduated. Oh wow, okay. So they would like liaise with the admissions department and like a little more one-on-one than like a high school like 500 kids right so they would be like hey we've got this student who's an athlete coming out to visit like and then or help organize tours and stuff so like pretty much everywhere we went i had a chance to actually meet with either a the dean or a professor yeah. kind of thing okay. just be like here's what i'm doing or yeah. what i want to do like yeah, i guess if you're one fit? of 70 in a graduating class it's a lot easier for them to believe you because they probably know your story versus right. like like I, I went to lecture halls that were three times bigger than that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, and and you know there were I think like I looked at Duke, Carnegie Mellon, Bucknell in the states. I think is that it? Maybe, yeah. And then sort of in that northeast area, um, really liked Carnegie Mellon and was thinking you know, I, I I I thought I actually thought I wanted to go to Duke just because I loved the idea of the big campus and that sort of traditional you know school right. atmosphere. Which would be a school uh, where that would be hard to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was kind of, it was like there in Bucknell they were like. There it would have been, it might have been okay. Carnegie Mellon, they were like, it seemed like they would have been really accommodating and great. And then at Bucknell, it, it was very clear they just like were not into whatever we were, tra- whatever, whatever was going you're, whatever on. Whatever you're over here, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, I, I think as I met with a dean, uh, the dean of engineering there, I think she was like, "Well, you're a student first, and if you want to try to do that in your free time, go for it." Oh, but no. like, I was like, nice. I don't think you understand how much you travel, like yeah, yeah. what I'm talking about here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the Canadian schools was kind of a similar deal. Like U of T is a humongous school that has campuses and satellite campuses all over the city of Toronto. Great school, great engineering program. 
Um, but same thing. It just like you'd be a you know a drop in the in the bucket. Like it just you wouldn't. It's too big for you to get that level of, of, of attention. And then both McGill and Queens seemed like good options that they would be helpful. Uh, McGill would was looking good because the IB program when I was in, I could credit some of my high school courses towards first year and first year engineering, like our first year general stuff. So my course load in first and second year would have been a little bit lighter. Um, but I really wanted to go there for physics, and I but I. Because I I, I, I I am an engineer now, and I'm, I'm you know, have an engineering brain, but I really have a love for like pure science and math and, and yeah. physics. Um, totally. Yeah, that's worth <laughs> saying. Yeah, yeah. So the like, um, but then I was again looking ahead. I was like, well, if the racing thing doesn't work out, I have a physics degree. Like that's you know, it's unless you want to work in academia or be like a researcher for you know like a, a company, you know, whatever. Like it's it's just a more narrow field than like engineering. You yeah. can kind of do whatever you sure. want. Sure. Yeah. Right? You're. You have a physics PhD. You're stuck at the European Space Agency. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. not the worst. Not the worst thing yeah, in no, the world, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pays yeah. out. Pays yeah. out right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can land you a celebrity boyfriend. Yeah, it could. <laughs> so, at McGill and Queens again, it seemed like you know both would have been good, good choices, and I could have gone to McGill for mechanical engineering or physics, or Queens for engineering. And engineering at Queens, it's common first year, so you take courses with your whole, you know, the the whole grades all or grade the whole programs all together. Then you specialize to your like mechanical engineering, chemical, uh, copy. Okay. whatever after after second or after first. Year. But you do get to start with this broad. Yeah. Okay. And it gives, it gives you time to like see what you want to do. Sure. And, and I think I was kind of like maybe I was just very focused on racing and like didn't have time to decide kind of thing. But I, I liked that idea of like the common first year. Um, it, it didn't hurt that my my dad went to Queens too, so he had some family history there. And then at Queens they had a program in engineering called engineering physics. So it was. Literally mechanical engineering, or there's four stream mechanical, electrical, computer engineering, or, ma- or uh, materials, which is which is what I did. So it's either you know mechanical or materials materials engineering with like a minor in physics, basically. Like as it, as I left there, I have like a few credits away from a from a BSc in, in phys, and then my and then my en- engineering thing. Um, so I just loved that like, and I'm the type of person that like, and this isn't like a good trait, but if something's the hardest thing to do, like I've got to do it. Type type thing, and that and that was like it was either that or the engineering science program at U of T were like the two hardest en- engineering programs. So I was like, I've got to do one of the two, and I'm not going to U of T because it's just a I don't want to live yeah, near my parents. Yeah, you know, I'm going to school. <laughs> yeah, U of T being, yeah. being University of Toronto. University yeah, yeah. of Toronto. Yeah. yeah. And then so it, it just made I, I was like really drawn to that program. So that's why I went why I went to Queens. When I you know when I had visited the school, I had talked with the dean a little bit, and actually met their Formula SAE team and like saw their shop and all that. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, this is so cool! I'm definitely getting involved with this program." I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And then when I got there in first year, I like again the first week, I like made an, I emailed the dean just to you know re, re- and then emphasize um, you're gonna travel. Yeah, and yeah. like and and sit and I sat down with her, and I think we talked to some of the professors and stuff, and she pretty much like was basically said, well, we'll do whatever you know we we have the power to do at the end of the day it was up to the professors to like accommodate if they wanted to or not so her her basically it was like you know make sure your professors know this is real and like communicate be, be good at communicating and like don't show up to them a week before the final and be like hey i'm not going to be here like meet with them at the st- and that's what i did I, I would meet with every professor if it was a new one at the start of every term and be like here's what i'm doing like yeah. you know this please is don't real. make my life uh, yeah right uh, right, right. i'm hell. telling you now so that you know i'm yeah. not full of yeah. And of the, I don't know how many, maybe I had 30 or 20-something professors in the four years, and, like, all but one of them, and he wasn't a dick, but he was, like, just not accommodating kind of thing. Um, like that you're going to learn the life lesson that it doesn't yeah, go your way yeah. kind I mean, of like, yeah. I, it, it was just lucky that, like, I, did, I was there for his midterms and his final. I didn't have to move anything because I don't know if he would have. But, like, I, I definitely missed some 
assignments and stuff, and I just had to take the hit on the grades because he was like, sorry, you weren't here and you couldn't submit it too bad. But, like, everybody else was um, very, very helpful. And, like, there was, again, some trust, right? It was like, um, like I had the opportunity to, like, if we had a final, for a, for a few finals, I did them, like, a week before everyone else. And it wasn't like there were two finals. My professor was just like, I'm trusting you to not, to not tell anybody. Out, yeah. And then... And then that's how it went, yeah. But today you have from it's what what's the school called in Queens, Queens University? And from Queens University, you have a material science bachelor's degree. Yep. With a minor in physics. Well, not not quite a minor. It's a it's a BS, just say a minor. Yeah, sure. It, it basically a material <laughs> size with a with like a few credits shy of a minor in in, in physics. In phys. phys. Pardon me. All right. So, kind of cover the education side of things. At what point do you make the move to Indy to become like, I mean, like, I guess we have a lot of listeners that are in the NASCAR world and oval racing. So the equivalency would be the Burkdale Mooresville right. junior development driver program. Yeah. And in open wheels case, it's everybody moves to Indy and tries to get something going. So they end up racing in like, you know, form of the Mazda F2000 Indy lights, you know, and up the ladder. Yeah. And, and just to, just to revisit the school thing for just a quick second. Sure. Is I, 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 this was a big part of my experience was that I, as soon as I got to like the first day of first year, I went back to the SAE team and like got involved with our Formula SAE program, and was you know like that. It was like that racing and school. So you were Formula it, SAE it, and Formula Two Thousand. Yeah, and it was almost like a third, a third, a third, as far as like the, you what, put what a third of my, you put as much time into SAE as you did F Two Thousand. Uh, probably. I mean, probably more time into SAE calendar day wise, right? Because the, the just the academic yeah, just because what it requires. Sure. Yeah. Um, Wait, so where, where were you in the scheme? Because you could be, there's a spectrum if you're going to be in, like you're well on your way, you've done a ton of karting, you're now racing at the junior formula ranks. You could be the guy that's humble and just says nothing about what you're doing in F2000, or you could be the guy like, well, you know, over at uh, Pabst, you know, we uh, we have a machine that does that. Yeah. Uh, where, where were you in that spectrum? Uh, I think, I mean, I was never like the boastful whatever in your face guy, but like the, when I got there, the, and the, these Formula SAE teams are always, so chaotic because like you have huge turnover like every year people are leaving and, and then showing up and like you know it might be it gels and it's great for four years then it totally falls apart then it's great again five years later so we were this team was just coming off a, a, a spell of being abysmal because they had done really well and then really and then like, everyone left and then Colin were, Kelly yeah <laughs> and then um, so we, we had this like car that kind of ran and ish and then we went for it and where we would test this car it was so sketchy there's the uh, the Kingston Airport, which the flag like dash eights or like you know like re, which is like a, like a regional turbo yeah, prop, I got you. So um, yeah, like yeah, high wing little puddle jumper, sure. So they'd fly those in there. The airport would give us half the ramp or quarter of the ramp, and like not hangar us airplanes. It'd be hangar airplanes us grass runway. So we, and they were just like just stay in your little corn dick corn area. So you're doing like shakedowns on an active runway on a on an active taxiway, yeah, like yeah. on like a ramp. And we would like you'd be like, and this is like in, in subsequent years, we'd be doing slaloms, and the car would occasionally catch fire or break down. Yeah. And there would be like literally a, which they're small planes when you see them beside With a triple seven, but when you're in a little tiny race car, the dash eight, yeah. whatever, it looks, and you're like doing your thing, you take a corner, you're like, holy, f- it's an airplane, yeah. and then you keep going, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, I hope the brakes work. <laughs> yeah, because there's a prop. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much at roll hoop height, yeah, right? Right. So that was that was tremendously sketchy, but yeah. A- anyway, um, so take like. Care of it. You'd be right. <laughs> You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel it, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be over quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the 
like the first test day that I went to, like in, it was like this October first year. I was like, hey, I, like at the time I was like trying to, I was like, hey, I race go karts. Like I kind of just started the open wheel stuff. I was like, why don't I try jumping in there? Like, well, it's only the fourth years get to drive and like whatever. Uh, and, the and like they didn't know how, what they were. No one knew how to sure, drive. Sure, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then it was like me and this guy Lee that like him and his dad built Neons, and they would race like Canadian SCCA basically in their Neons. So like we, we we both had a racing background. I like, knew how to drive, and uh, at like one we we like. After the test, it went horribly. We were like, look, just give us, like, a couple runs each. And then they let him and I drive. And we were, like, seconds quicker than any, anyone else. And they were like, okay, you guys are driving now. You know. But then as I got older and then I, I was the manager and me and another guy were the managers in, in fourth, fourth year. And um, we always made a point to, like, everyone got to drive it at least once. Right. What's thing. the point? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. You it, well, cause, and I don't, I don't know anything about SAE really, but SAE isn't it, like, the on-track doing the lap time component it's only a small portion of what they're testing you yeah. for as a group yeah. right like they're testing Design rigidity and how you present exactly, and, yeah, yeah right yeah and we actually in our yeah, in our third year we actually we made it PR we were um, the competitions were big they'd be like I don't know 100 and, 180 to 200, 200 teams or so these big from all, all over the world and the top 20 or the top 12 would go to design finals and we were we tied for the bump spot, and it was us and another team, and the other team had a little bit better racing scores because their car didn't break down. So they so they got to go into the design finals. We we, we like we kind of turned it around and had a pretty tight team for a while. And I mean I, I, I have some connection with it now. I'll like review their design presentation. No, that's and cool. Stuff and still yeah, trying yeah. To help well, now you're a big celebrity, right? Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> So anyway, that, that, I just wanted to mention that as like that was a big part of the school experience. Yeah, we actually get a lot of former SAE comments from kids that are in that yeah. program or like engineers like uh, uh, Chris Simmons. Yeah, uh, I was just actually talking about this with a couple of guys at HPD at Watkins Glen two days ago because they were all in it, you know. And I was yeah. like, oh wow, that's cool, you know. Oh yeah, no, you, so, you throw a stone in like an IndyCar paddock or an IMSA right. or an Astro yeah. paddock, and like yeah, the, somebody's going to be involved or had to been involved the, with the, the SAE. The, the Brettsman brothers were both, uh, yeah, like a buddy of mine that works at HPD now, my engineer, H, Adam Adam Jones. He said he got there and they were like legends. You, you know, they like talking about like remember those guys, you know. So because <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how it's structured, obviously you you drove, but I assume does everybody do a little bit of everything, or like on your first year you're you know, you're just cleaning parts in your second year. You're doing this kind of design work. Like, what what kind of roles did you do so that you're more than just a driver? So I, I hope that nobody from Queens listens to this. But on my first, in my the first like weekend, because you would spend like you'd be at the we had keys to the building and stuff, and like you know that like we could go in whenever we want in our own little, in our own little shop. First weekend, I'm like, hey, let's I want to help you guys out, and I was like super keen, and they were like, we like we would scrap. The school had this rule that you had to like scrap the old years' cars so somebody couldn't, couldn't so you couldn't build for ideas, it. yeah, or, or no, just like you couldn't take it home like a liability thing. Like, oh, somebody, oh, I so see. we would like yeah, recycle yeah. the old frame. Yeah, so they're like you have to go go take this angle grinder with a zip disc and go like cut hack go that frame and, and into yeah. pieces. Wow. And like, I, luckily, I, I mean, I'd been around power tools and mills and or not mills, like lathes and just like engine stuff. So I kind of knew what I was doing. But they just let this random first year like. Go yeah. ham with, with an angle grinder and like cut this, yeah. cut this yeah. chassis apart. <laughs> Learn a couple lessons. But, but I would like to point out this was to protect liability. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and because their whole thing was you had to destroy the. I, I actually ended up keeping one of the cars, well, the whole car, but I have like I have most of one of the cars <laughs> in parts. And, it, and it, in my living room, my wife hates it. Well, yeah. no, it's like yeah. in a storage, and like it kind of was a thing where like a few years after I graduated, I was talking to someone that was there, and they were like. The school's still kind of pissed about that car that went missing. I was like, sorry, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> well, well, they're not yeah, getting it back now. So, yeah, right. <laughs> um, anyway, so the yeah, you would like they would test you out like 
run you through an intro period, like learning how to CAD and like the, you know give you like we would do a basics of like vehicle dynamics and. But the idea is that you actually learn all, all the processes, so yeah. you do learn CAD, and we you would do learn like SolidWorks yep. or whatever. Well, it is, and yeah. honestly, doing the SAE thing, like I, the Entrance program had a lot of physics and math stuff that was totally in its own like science kind of world. The math concepts, I mean, like basically everything is applied math more or less, but like. If you're going to be an engineer, like, at some point you make abstractions and have, like, layers between you and, like, linear algebra or whatever. Oh, don't um, we know? Yeah, yeah, but for <laughs> the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. it's good for them. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, the, um, the, the mechanical engineering stuff that I did in the EngPhys program, like, it was great. But, like, I honestly learned so much. Not more, but, like, it just brought it, took it to another level of, like, you've, okay, you've taken a thermal course, and now you're tuning an engine on a dyno. Yeah, and not yeah, just yeah. doing, like, because, like, they would have labs, but, like, with this the dyno. application. Yeah, it was, yeah. like, kind of contrived, right? You'd yeah. go your, do your dyno lab and, like, turn the engine on, and it would run through a preset program, whereas we would, like, literally build the motors ourselves, make components, like, make the plenums, blow up plenums, make them, you know, like, go through the whole thing, right? And we would, like, as the team had a, a bit of a process of, like, onboarding, right? We would, like, have tutorials and, like, machining tutorials and stuff. You had to make a widget and CAD, all this stuff. And, like, learning that, that hands-on stuff was, like, so, so important. So that, I, I, again, if, if there's a young, like, engineering student or high school student listening to this that's going to go into engineering, like, if your school has an SAE program or a Baja program or a, a rocket, what like our, our school has a rocketry program. Like, Anything that's just a practical, like exactly. and everybody's got to do different jobs and get dirty right. and weld and angle grind. Yeah, like apply what you're learning. And like it makes it more fun. Like I didn't give a about computer programming or MATLAB until I was doing the SAE thing or in physics doing some labs where I was like, hey, oh, I can actually learn this programming thing, make my life easier because it automates or it makes like, you know, some things go quicker, and then also like be better at this. So like, like coding. Let's just call it coding. I got you. Okay. So like, I I didn't care about coding until I knew, knew you saw how where it showed up. Yeah, yeah. Where, it, where it showed up, and then I was like, yeah. oh, I can. Well, you write can write a your own code. automated programs. Yeah, to like optimize motion ratios for my rocker design. And like, oh, okay, this is fun now. And for the go kart kid that turned in to listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that the practical side of it's huge. Um, I'm in a different field now, and you know we do a bit of manufacturing, a bit of construction. And a lot, a lot the products that we make, like linemen and, and people that work and on power lines, K-Line. Yeah, K-Line, yeah. use these products in a high-intensity, high dangerous environment, live line work. Like, the way that we design our parts affects how easy it is or not to work with them. So, like, the understanding the end application of what you're doing is right. super key. Like, so, K-Line, which is a family business, yep. so I understand, yep. it's basically insulation that runs along electrical power lines. Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry if yes, I'm yes. dumbing it down. I well, because there's, yeah. it's funny, we're actually working on a project about insulated wire right now, but we, we don't make wire. We make, so there's the pole, the, vert- the vertical thing with the cross arms that go out like a T, and there's little bits that connect the pole to the wire that insulate, so the, the insulators, we make those, and we make other brackets and stuff for the industry, but like mostly hardware for pole lines, so it's the, it's the mechanical and electrical component that supports the power line, insulates it from, from, from the pole. Yeah. Yeah. And we heard from a reliable source that effectively, like, 90% of North America has K-Line stuff across different power lines. Probably 90% of Ontario, or a lot of Ontario, okay. a lot of Indy. So oh, 16th okay. Street by, by, by the Speedway, yeah. it's all K-Line. Okay. Um, pretty much anything that I, or not, it's not IPL anymore, AES is the utility and that services Marion and all that. 
we, we, we have a contract with them. So the, like, all the new stuff going up in, in Indy, which was kind of it happened before racing. It was kind of a neat just coincidence. Well, but it's all K-Line stuff. Okay. Yeah. If you get audited, they're directly related. <laughs> <laughs> marketing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a marketing expense. Yeah. 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 Um, so, the, yeah, the, like, that, that is a pretty, you know, it's been a fun transition kind of. Mm. Sure. Moving into the family business side, but anyway, I kind of derailed this by talking That's about the fine. SAE thing. So, was what? What did you guys want to go to after? The biggest thing I keep hearing, because I started as a mechanic, you know, and got into get into driving, and uh, I know how pissy I would get if a driver wanted to explain to me what we're doing in the car isn't working when it's somebody that doesn't know. And there are times that they do, but oftentimes you would hear, not you know, not the most experienced driver, be like, "Well, I think what we should do," and you're like, you look at the engineer, and he's like. <laughs> sake and here comes you who actually could know yeah you know what i mean or at the same time have you been through situations where you know what you're being told is bullshit because they're like just tell him what he needs to know because we need to get through this program and you're like mm. you know there have been yeah there, there were moments where like i knew more in the junior formula where i knew something was like where what the like there were a couple again old school older school engineers that like yeah had these um like what they knew what they were what they what they understood was right, but what how they how they how they got from reality like their their theory connection was just not right. Like, well, in, in in context, a lot of times Junior Formula F two thousand or Indy Lights or whatever, a lot of times you can have maybe one engineer spread across two or three cars. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times they are older school where yeah. they're maybe just a very experienced mechanic that doesn't necessarily have an engineering degree. You know, like you get to Indy Car, it's engineers and mechanics, and there's a clear yeah. and software guys, but at F two thousand or Indy Lights, it's not, and yeah. it's not like I don't know how you're how uh, Paps ran, but it's not sometimes you have an engineer who's divided amongst a bunch of stuff and you don't even know if he's like a proper ME or anything right. like that. Right, yeah, yeah. So. And, um, yeah, there, there were, so there were moments where, like, I actually kind of remember being like, okay, just, like, because as a driver, you kind of have to believe, right? You've got to, like, and that's a bit, that's something that I always struggled with was, like, if it wasn't the right relationship with the engineer, like, Trusting that he's you got to trust them right. and they got to, like, make you believe it as much as they're actually doing something real because it is a very, it's a mental sport as well, right? Um, so, yeah, there, there, were, there were some moments where I was just, like, just put the blinders on and just go be a driver. Yeah. And, you know, I, but I really had to learn that. That was like, yeah. yeah, like when I was USF to like, I don't know, even midway through Indy Lights, I was, or at least the first year, let's say, I was trying to be like, I would be at the shop all the time and like just learning, and again, like especially when I was at Andretti, they had so many talented people there, just learning all this theory and packing my head with all this stuff. And like, it just wasn't helping me be a better driver, to be totally honest. Oh, like, interesting. Like, yeah. when, you, when I took it to that extent, right? right? Well, like, are you an overthinker? Oh yeah. yeah, oh definitely, and then and that's what I and I, I it took some growing I guess or getting older to realize yeah. that, and then I like I'm surprised you admit it now honestly. Yeah, because it, well, it's not the company line, right? For the yeah. sport, you're like, no, you got to get in there and really get you know. Right. Well, that was like. But then you met Colton, you're like, oh yeah, what what? <laughs> I could be in a punk band and <laughs> right. do this. Yeah, drums, like, huh? He's amazing, <laughs> and I don't know if he knows where he is right now. So. <laughs> So that you know that was a and that was a big shift in my approach. Like yeah. maybe the, yeah the second year in lights onward, I kind of like I didn't and, and I didn't like disconnect from the engineering stuff, but I definitely took a step back and was like I've like I had to have, like have a talk with myself kind of thing and be like you're a driver, you're not an engineer, like you've got to be good at driving. It doesn't matter whether you know more than all these other guys about the theory. Like no one gives a shit. Yeah, you're like, 22. They don't give a <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's the results on track. Yep. So then it, that that was a good like thing for me to go through and kind of yeah, it's yeah. good that you did. Was well, it also yeah. frustrating on the other side because I know you deal with this as well, um, although it's a little bit different. But uh, uh, so we'll use like Colton or Pato who were at Andretti as well in Indy Lights. Now they're 
the, between the two of them, they're winning every race, basically. So if they have feedback, literally because they're, they're generating the results, they maybe are more likely to get listened to on what they want out of the car, whereas they might look at you who's not getting the same results and go, oh, you don't know, because you don't know what a car should feel like, even though you've got all this background. Uh, I don't know. I think my, my experience was a little, uh, my, my, for my case, like it was a little different. Like my, you know, yeah, like the results that I got at the end of the day were not like what I wanted and not, you know, and people can have their opinions on, about that on social media or not. Like, well, you know, we're going to ask whatever. Yeah. But something that I, I am, I do know that I was good at and, 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 and fine saying is that like, I, I know I had a good feel for what was going on sure. with the race car. And I but it's like frustrating I was, if you like they're not listening, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, at least there at, at Andretti, I never had that problem. Like the, the engineer I was working with really did trust me because we would do, you know, you would do like do the same test on two cars and like it was your feedback oh, the same cool. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or like when I was with Bordet at Foyt, like blind, right, we would typically have pretty similar like reads on what was going on. It's just that he was better, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that's, but like at least from a setup standpoint, like I think, I, and that, that was, I think, to kind of jump around a bit, like if I could be critical of myself, was that like I, I could be good or really good when the car and I were like, when it was doing what I wanted it to or it felt right. And like where I struggled was like if, you know, it got out of that window or it was like, I, I was never like, I was always more comfortable with a loose car. Like I, I preferred having a stable rear end where I know I, I knew I could like load it with the brakes and give it some front grip and like drive it that way more than like a Pato at, at, at when I was teammates with him. He was kind of always on his own island. Like the him, me, Colton and Ryan were, our, were sort of similar. And then Pato was like loose as f and just, you know, driving with his hair on fire. And th that was never my style, which, you know, some people say loose is fast or whatever, but I think you can kind of cut it either way in, in certain cars. You know, some cars, you, they have to be driven a certain way. Um, but that was always something that I, yeah, I think I, I wish I could have been better at was being more adaptable or having my, my window be a little bit wider. Like when the car was good and everything worked out, it was like I, I knew what to do and I knew how to drive it right. Do you think the uh, Junior Formula Series, like, is an, Indy, is an Indy Lights car good enough to get you ready for IndyCar? They don't have enough ovals right now. Yeah, uh, that's the. I mean, that's for oh, sure really the biggest. I don't think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I think they've. It's good that they've gone to Firestone. Although I know they've, you know, they had like some. The tires aren't. I think. What everyone was expecting. I think everyone was expecting the Firestones to be like way quicker because the old Firestone on the old lights car was like definitely better than the Cooper tire. That like from a like not judging manufacturers from yeah, their yeah, what yeah, they're yeah, spending, but like, doing, yeah, yeah. but like. From a driving standpoint, that Firestone tire felt way better than the one than when they moved to Cooper. So I think everyone was expecting it to kind of go back to that, and then it. Um, but I guess specifically to prep you to know how to drive an Indy car. Yeah, I think I think again the Firestone tire is a good thing to have because it is a similar. They'll get to that point, but like, I don't know. I think the I think the lights car should be a bit quicker, a bit more downforce, um, and then they they need pit stops or at least some or like or like a long and short race. Like two sprint, two forty-five minute or fifty-minute sprint races, I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. Like I think you should do a, a sprint race. Like, although I think the Formula One sprint races are kind of dumb now. But like, do a do a thirty-minute sprint race and an hour and yeah, fifteen sure. minute yeah. with one pit stop. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, like right. pit stops are so key. In and out yeah. laps yeah. are so key. Yeah. Like, even there's none of that in lights. Like that's part of why I did the P2 stuff in nineteen was to like get yeah. some pit stop experience yeah, and all smart. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I like, and again, I think like. They've got a good program, but I think they, it could be better for sure. Yeah. So you do a couple years of IndyCar racing. You decide last year you're going to hang it up. And then you're actively saying that you are retired from racing. Is what 
Like, um, he was there earlier, like, yeah, yeah I'm guess, out of it now. And I mean, I, yeah, I guess I kind of, like, like, I posted, yeah, my like, retirement thing and all. Definitely from, from, from IndyCar. Like, you know, and after, like, it was funny. At the end of the the year, um, nothing came to fruition, so I'm not going to talk about teams and all that, but there were some conversations that happened that there was maybe, oh, maybe actually, because I decided I was kind of done because it was either going to be kind of this year or next year for K-Line just from a timing standpoint. Sure. Just, like, that was always a point where you're only going to spend so much. And, well, and not, not even the budget. Like, it was more just like, you know, no one's getting younger on the company side either, right? Oh, so there is no. a, there's like a oh, timeline of like, you know. Of you being involved in the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Topic. Okay. Um, yeah. But the, and I mean, yeah, like, it, like we're not, you know, we didn't go from, we didn't go Formula One racing. Like, there's there's not an infinite pot of money either. No, right? I understand that. Yeah. But, but there was a timing component specific to you yeah. and your involvement in K-Line. And, and part of that, you know, if, it, if IndyCar was going great and it was, like, everything that yeah, we right, wanted, like, right. it probably would have lasted longer, but it was, it, at the what it was at the moment was not, like, no, you hit a reality to, where this is only going to exist if it's sponsored. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're getting, you know, your, your dad or whoever else is involved in the company yeah. is, is, like, if they're looking to groom you to yeah, be the guy, a, and if that's what you want, presumably then you have to look at that realistically and say, okay, what's making sense? And what, yeah. what more do I want out of an IndyCar career if this is, if this is where it's at? What is that? And then yeah. I think, w- like, what I wanted in life, too, like, you know, I just got married at, you know, like, New Year's Eve this year. You know, it was, like, racing I, I, I love and loved and or whatever, but, like, it was also very much, to me, it was kind of like, you know, playing a, like, a, a, a music, a, like, an instrument or, like, a cra- it was a craft, right? Like, being really good at this specific, and, like, being a driver is more than just driving the car. It's it's almost much more than that, right? But like with like the school stuff and my background, like I wanted something maybe a little more in, like intellectually stimulating, right? And like <laughs> what was going on in racing for me yeah, wasn't providing that. Yeah. Too smart to be a race driver. Zach, or sorry, Jack Beach. Jack Beach. <laughs> his, his quote was, "You're too smart for your own good." <laughs> I think it was a compliment, or at least he thinks it is. Yeah. Oh so, man. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't be the first time I'd heard that. So. <laughs> yeah, I think like. Like I said, yeah, it just it got to a point where I, I look back, I don't have any regrets about the timing of leaving yeah. racing like full time. Um, do I do I wish I had a like and yeah, like am I Scott or what was I Scott Dixon? No, like I'm fully aware of that. It's not like I don't have I didn't have the the talent or the experience to be at that at that level or like a Colton or or, or somebody, but like. I don't think I sucked either, right? That's like there's, you know, and there, there's lots of people on Twitter that think that, and that's good, you know, whatever. That's yeah, not us, but yeah. But anyway, like, do I look back and, like, would I have liked to have had a, a different experience? Sure, but, like, I got to do it, and it was an amazing experience, and, like, I got to do the thing that I wanted to do as a kid and get to the level that a lot of people strive to get. So, like, I, I, there's no part of me that's, like, bitter or, like, upset about how it ended, really. Um, but to your point of, like, retiring, yeah, like, I'm done with the IndyCar thing for sure. But would I love to, like, do Daytona or Sebring or Lamar Petit? Like, sure. Like, not right now because, like, I really have to be focused on, like, K-Line yeah, business. Yeah, actually and, like, working. Yeah, 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 yeah. having a real yeah. job. Like, I couldn't – and, like, there were some brief conversations about, like, oh, do you want to come with IndyCar? But, like, oh, do you want to do, like, some social PR with all the STEM stuff? Like, is there something we could do here? And I pretty quickly was, like, I'm just not interested because, like, I just couldn't justify. You can't afford me. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, more it was more, like – I, you know, coming into a family business, there's all you know, these imp- uh, expectations or thoughts about you know, the boss's son and all that. Well, that's what I was gonna say. And if you're out playing race car driver, yeah, you can't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't justify. You know, when everyone else is there working full time, and I'm kind of like no, one no, foot no, in, one foot out. Yeah, right, like right. I have to be. In so, this. in other words, so that's 
way too mature uh, of an opinion. But uh, but no, it, but that's a, that's a very realistic look at it, which is like if you're out, like even if you did sort of a partial IMSA schedule, that's still several weeks time out. And if you're out spending company money, especially if it's like a K-Line sponsored car and you're out doing that, um, and you're trying to assert yourself as the guy, that's the heir to the throne, so to speak. Yeah, you're going to look like that guy. We right. we know this because they exist in our paddock. Yeah. The guys who are running companies of their family, and they're never well, there. Well, I was just about to say, like, what's your what's your job title, Kaylin? Uh Right now, it's specialist in, specialist engineering department, specialist dash engineering department, because in Canada, the engineering field is like not regulated well it is yeah it's like a, in canada you can't call yourself an engineer unless you have a png so you have to work for four years under a png like a license which in the states is called a pe but i think the rules are a bit more lax like i think you could you could say i'm a race engineer in the states and not have a pe yeah, and a pe is extremely hard yeah. to get whereas here. Yeah. yeah whereas in canada you can't you, you can't say oh i'm a so race engineer and not have a png so just like in like the contractor business for a lot of things in the u.s mm. to be a licensed contractor so to be a licensed engineer you've got to yeah. have this designation yeah and so i'm a specialist right because you're not there yet yeah nice. yeah so is that yeah. a goal Pardon? Is that a goal yeah, to yeah. get that? that yeah, license? and I think it, I can count maybe some of the some of the time from school, and maybe maybe I have to talk to some of the old engineers if any of them were PEs, because like you are doing development work and like having a part in an engineering process, so there might be you know like six months or something that I could count. Um, but yeah, the goal is to get my PNG, and I would say I'm, let's say sixty percent of my time is technical engineering work, and then the other forty is like just trying to learn everything from. Well, like, that's actually where I was going. Is it like? Running a business is not the same as being an engineer. No. Yeah. You know, it's just the same way, like, I'm in the video business. I got into the production business for myself when I started my own company because I wanted to just prescribe my own path for making videos. And I realized I'm not doing a whole lot in the way of making videos because I have to do all the, the other business. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I nothing I've heard from what you've done is that side of the world of, like, how do we get the contracts? How do we make sure they're profitable? How do we put money away? All the things that you have to do. Yep. So. Where where is that in the process? That's yeah. So the if, assuming you're that's the where you want to go. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the end goal, right? Yeah. Is to be, you know, taking the sort of the that like K line is comprised of just four five companies, but t- two of them are like eighty percent of the business. So the 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 manufacturing side, which is where I'm involved, is we make the insulators. The construction side, actually, where it began, is the lot that we do the live line work. So you, you might even I don't know if you if you'll see these teal trucks with the teal race car that I had. We have buck. We have about 300, four, well, 400 or so bucket trucks that you know guys are up working on power lines, crews, and all that. Now, did, you, did you do the race car livery on them? Like, put a number. <laughs> that'd be good. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Actually, we got ideas here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll take royalties. It's four hundred trucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can take yeah. We can take yeah, a couple bucks a truck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Like right now, I'm more like involved again from the factory. Cause it, it, you know, it's a factory. It's you know five to seven days a week, two, uh, two to three shifts, like, you know, they make a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, it's is like, it local or is it outsourced? Yeah, it's in Markham. Uh, oh, so it's like yeah, relatively local. local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're unique in our industry in that we're mostly North, we're pretty much all, all North American content in terms of our suppliers. So we're like, our supply chain is mostly domestic. That positions us as a more high quality product and, and not just marketing, like it is a better product. Right. You know, we're... But you're also dealing with probably with municipal contracts and things yep. like that, so which probably helps your case. It, for yeah. sure, which in Canada, for sure. Yeah. And then we also have, we have a U.S. branch as well, so we, for the Buy America thing and, and all that. Um, Goddamn Americans in there. <laughs> like, you <laughs> idiots. Yeah. 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 So if California had K-Line, we'd be sold. Yeah. Okay. I hear pitch. I'll get on that. Yeah, I hear I'll pitch. Call, I'll call my boy GN well, right we, now. Yeah. We actually do sell a lot. And the thing is, we've what tends to happen is we are a higher price point, so we'll... 
you know, we'll, people will have a, sadly, they'll have like a hurricane or a fire or something. Yeah. And then they'll realize that, oh, the money we saved on like buying the cheaper stuff, we're paying that back five times yeah. on labor no, costs. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Whereas if we just had to bought the good stuff at the start, like <laughs> maybe yeah. that line yeah. wouldn't have fallen Maybe down your city wouldn't whatever. be char. Yeah. yeah. So there's, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're like, it's not just like they want the better thing. Like there right. is a, there is a life cycle cost. But that's where I'm going is as, as the big boss, everything you just said to us, that's a, that's a sell you have to now make. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't sound easy. No. And you haven't really sold in, in, from what I'm hearing. No, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been going to conferences with them and all that and getting more involved with that. But it's, it's very much like as a, like an understudy kind of thing. Like I'm present, but I'm not like on the sales. I'm not like, you know, I, I'm dealing with people and like giving some of the sales pitch, but like I'm, I'm definitely not the closer at, at this point. And I'm, I'll just be, dip, I'm right now just dipping my toe in more of the business side of it. But despite the race cars and everything, you don't strike me as the boss's kid in terms of any way you carry yourself. Oh, that's good. Oh, thank so you. I'd imagine you're probably not having the problems that we see with some of the people that we yeah. So well, Also, I would say like it's, it's a common uh, press release to read that they'll be focusing on the family, on the family business, business. And you're like, I know that kid. Yeah, no, he's, he's not. No way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he but in your case, shoes. you really are. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. I and I and I and I really care about it. It's not in like, yes, it's a successful company, but like I care more about winning than I care about money. And that's yeah. like, I mean, that's the competitive well, that's side. That's where of sales it. will help. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, how many people work for Kline? Uh, the insulators plant is about 120, and okay. then the construction. So that's, it says 400 trucks, but not every truck is used all the time. There's sure. some no, of them are very specific. Yeah. So there's like three or. No, 300 trucks, but 500 people or so. So somewhere near a thousand, but then an infinite number of contractors attached to that, I assume. Yes, yeah, so, I mean we're we're a sub, we're, we're a contractor on the construction side, I right? See. So, okay. yeah, we, we do have sub subcontractors, but it's a very specific and like, high sure. like live yeah. line work is like that's tough. N- that's tough. You can't not, screw around. Not anyone just goes, yeah, yeah. goes and does power line work. So like, but either way, that's a thousand people relying on this to work out. Yeah, yeah. So, probably, well, maybe yeah. like 600 total. Oh, yeah. only 600 people. Yeah. I have two employees. <laughs> well, and that's something that like I care about, right? And, and this isn't my like pitch to you know on a company pick. This is like I genuinely and you know I think like there's good and bad things about our economic system and how the wealth disparity and all that but like I think as if you are lucky enough to like own a company and like be born into a family that owns a company like we do like I think I have a obligation to like run this company or learn how to run it well and like treat people sure. that work for us well because sure. they all like they all get their paychecks and right. they're well, like what we do I'm assuming there's lifers oh yeah that have we known have a, you since you were born yeah. And, yeah yeah and it's it's cool to see actually at the plant we have a lot of there's a good amount of young people which is good to see but we have a lot of people that have been there for like 25 20 30 35 years right and that's you don't see that a lot so it's we, we do have a really good like atmosphere there and everyone's you know yeah do you have any brothers or sisters I have a half sister. My dad was married before when I was younger. Uh, she's an art history PhD. So she's more in academics. She lives out out, out in London, um, Ontario, not England. Um, she's not really involved. But I have uh, my dad, my brother, my yeah, my dad, my brother, or my dad and his brother are equal partners. So with my grandpa, his two kids or his two sons, his his daughter didn't really want anything to, to do with it. And then I have a, two cousins. Um, well three but two two or two are in, involved right. with the business okay so it's me and the three of them kind of thing right but that sounds like a lot of this is on you to look for the future tell us your dad now he's uh 64 yeah probably wants to slow down i imagine i mean he's the type that like i don't know if he ever will but like okay. i'm sure yeah he, like yeah him and my mom want to like travel more sure. and like sure. you know and not to racetracks yeah, well, yeah here, mid ohio yeah. Yeah. here we go <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so just we were just judging this on looking at photos of you is your mom uh, a little bit on the fun side <laughs> 
<laughs> um, yeah, my mom's definitely the fun one. Of, yeah, uh, my, that's my what parents, it looked like. Yeah. For sure. Okay. <laughs> But okay. my dad's more like me, like a little more reserved. Sure. And it's funny. It's like me. It's funny. You know, they say you like your spouse or whatever. Like my, my, my wife is the fun social one. Sure. For sure. sure. And, sure. you know, she's, she's smart. Too. She's, she's a, an occupational therapist. But yeah. she's like way more outgoing and sure. way more, you know, sure. I'm more introverted and whatever. So is mom ever an embarrassment at the track? Like rooting, <laughs> rooting too much? Uh, I mean, yeah. She definitely gets like, super intense. <laughs> like, shut oh. up, mom. I mean, she's definitely yeah, like the proud mom, like yeah. and like on unab- and like, yeah. but you know, I, I'm not a parent. I don't know what that's like, but like, yeah. I, I I I never felt embarrassed by my parents sure. at all. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, my mom <laughs> can definitely be a, a little intense for sure. Yeah, there's but, a there's a reputation she has about selling crack or giving away crack. <laughs> Is that? Yeah, so that's the, oh, so you've actually uncovered the real business. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we oh, it's crack with a K. It's yeah. crack with a K. Got it. <laughs> K line. Um, so yeah, the uh, and some of the IndyCar mechanics love this stuff. So and it's, it's, we're not talking about drugs. We're, we're talking. It's <laughs> talking like about this insulation. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shut up, man. You tell them you're in the the waste management business. Yeah, right? that's right. Whatever. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's Canada's version of waste management. <laughs> <laughs> it's electrical insulation. <laughs> So uh, my mom makes these things. They're like almond florentines. Are called. It's like you take graham crackers and pour like a caramel on it and some sh- slivered almonds and then yeah. bake it and it turns to this like sugary, buttery, yeah. like cracks apart, right? Yeah, I think we and call that pine bark or something. Is the yeah, name. Yeah, 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 And like some of the... And how do you ingest it? You just... <laughs> you make a line, a yeah. K-line. A K-line, <laughs> yeah, with a, with a K-spoon. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get it. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, when I, I, I reached out to a few people, and I was like two separate people, like, ask him about his mom's crack. <laughs> I was like, elaborate, please. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, she, and if we ever see, if, if you no, know, next time we're out of track, if we have any, we'll, we'll, we'll save some for you guys. Nice. But yeah, we it, love it, crack. It, it, it is really like, it's a good, you know, she would always, like, every year at Mid Ohio, we would do a big team dinner, like, with every team we were with, kind of thing. And so, you know, my mom would we'd make, like, you know, Eight racks of ribs, or however many you need to feed, and it was like it, would, it started as just our crew, and then it would always end up just being the whole team. So we had like the lights guys at Andretti, and like half the IndyCar crews and stuff. And we made this big barbecue, and we that became a tradition every year. We should always make desserts and lots of crack. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it. and it yeah. kind of went from there. So your mom is that like kind of like social. Everybody oh, yeah. come over here, let's yeah. enjoy. It. That's cool. Yeah, that probably okay. It's kind of explaining who you are then. You know, because everything I'm hearing is like introverted engineer type, but yeah. then also you're very good with the social media aspect when you were yeah. participating. I don't think you would have that if your mom didn't Probably exist. Not, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So speaking of food, it's dinner with racers. Name of the show. Apparently, you're into cooking now. Yeah, I've, I've always liked to cook. Yeah, uh, actually, my my wife and my wife Nicole and I we um, we were at, we did a cooking lesson last night. Uh, there's like a fancy Italian grocery store downtown called Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and they do like cooking classes there. And they had like a gnocchi making oh, class. Nice. So like yeah. we had, we I, mean, I think I had made gnocchi before, but it didn't really turn out great. So I was like, oh, this would be cool. Learn how to actually do it and the roll it on the board and everything. And it was fun. So no, I've I've always liked cooking. And again, my my mom kind of got me into that as a as a kid sort of thing and just always it was science science experiments. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Mixing stuff. Yep. And it's just like, why don't I actually teach you, teach you how to make food so you're not just wasting flour and <laughs> <laughs> right right you know so for, well, if your mom's into it do you ruin it do you get too analytical like uh, even spreadsheets and, you <laughs> know? no I'm, I'm actually yeah. like for me cooking is one of those things where i am la- i'm a little yeah, more okay fly by the seat of my pants oh, wow, okay yeah it's like, like, like a weight scale yeah, 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 yeah. Right. it's like mom that's not enough driving yeah. your wife nuts yeah my, my yeah. wife is the is the so she's i'm like 
I'm like my computer is super organized, my files and all that. Like I'm very technically organized, yeah. but like I'm more like my scheduling and all that. I'm a little not as much. Whereas my wife is super like type A and everything's labeled and organized and all this stuff. Okay. So like she's a really good baker. Okay. Whereas like I'm a better cook. I'm if, if like huh, like okay. my thing is like everything's gonna be homemade and I love doing big meals. So like okay. make the bread, and, like do a turkey or a roast oh, you're gonna, or whatever. Okay, you're gonna make every like, element. Yeah. Yeah. And, like yeah. make and like too much. It's again. It's I, I like doing things that are like. Overdoing it. O overdoing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's, and like, it's funny, there, like, we had some friends over burgers, like, at, in, in Indy last summer, and I, like, shit, you know, I, I literally made the buns and, like, the burgers and everything. It was like, I, I yeah. didn't, like, I didn't feel right just, like, buying the buns. I had to, like, make the buns, right, too. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, cooking's a hobby. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. sound like one. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound like one at all the way you're doing it. Yeah. Hey, Dalton Kellett, have you ever met a man randomly on acid? Not not K crack, but acid for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting the branding down. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, got this. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, right you're gonna be selling. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we were um, we were uh, Zach Neil Alberico and I were climbing. It was one of our first big outdoor trips. We went down to Joshua Tree um, National Park, which is uh, you fly into L.A. and then it's it's close to where they do Coachella. It's near India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's uh, we we found, we filmed the scene right next to it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, be you know, beautiful place, cool, cool park, and it's known for rock climbing, you know, like trad climbing, sport climbing, bouldering, more trad and bouldering. But because um, you and Zach got into that pretty big, right? Yeah, big, yeah. like really big. Like, yeah, you guys like traveling around the country, just like climbing we stuff. Went to Yosemite, the yeah. Pacific yeah. Northwest. Right. Like we, we did some big, big climbs for yeah. sure. Like, and from what we heard, it wasn't like you guys were ready to do those climbs, but you just went for it. Some of them, I mean, some, I, I think everything. I think we had the skills to get out of trouble, but we definitely pushed it a little bit sometimes for sure. Uh, but so we were at Joshua Tree, one of our first big outdoor trips, and we're like climbing this stuff, and then we're kind of like, we're, it's late, we're on, um, we're like, oh, let's just like, we had our bat bags, all our stuff, so like, oh, let's like cook our little Insta dinner thing here on this ledge that we're, like, we'd hiked up to to start climbing. And then Neil's, and Neil or Zach is like, you see that guy standing, it's like Joshua Tree, if you haven't been, is like desert and then like rock formation. So we see a guy like a mile away or so on standing alone on top of a rock formation, and we're like, Okay, start of a horror movie, I guess. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah. Yeah. and then um, maybe, yeah, like half an hour later, we're like, hey, that guy's getting kind of close. And then it, he just, like, saunters up to where we're on this ledge eat, eating our little, like, you know, refried, yeah, yeah. freeze-dried, yeah. like, pad thai thing. Yeah. And um, I, I, it was a while ago, but, like, he just, like, sat down and, like, just started telling us his story. And he was, like, going on about how he was, like, he had w walked way out in the desert, and he was like on a trip, and like had this ma this journey. He was on, on an acid trip, on an acid trip, yeah. or sh shrooms, or something. And I think it was because he told us what he was like. I think he was he was down, or was coming down, or whatever the term is. At this point, he was like lucid-ish, and um, <laughs> yeah, and he he kind of sat there and chilled with us. And then like at something like half twenty minutes, half an hour later, he I can't remember what he said. It was like he said something like to the effect of like you know nice to see a like I'm gone with the wind or some shit like that and then just walked away and, huh. like, and he's like turning you not even knowing if you're real people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and someone he said that he was like I don't even know if you guys are and, like, he wasn't I, 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 he wasn't this wasn't like punked like we weren't right 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 this was right, like right. we're in the desert and yeah. he just like I'm not like totally sure what's going on here either man and he just then he just left and then and we were all like okay <laughs> <laughs> let's get the hell out of here yeah <laughs> let's get back to the van Neil yeah yeah Apparently you fell off a, a log bridge in Kentucky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were um, 
Zach and I were on a because like there's a place climbing the Red River Gorge in Kentucky where it was like relatively close to Indy. We'd go there on weekends all the time, and we were totally lost and we were like kind of frustrated because like we were kind of bitching at each other about like you know you you knew we were going on you you knew what whatever, and we were like and we tried to find this crag this wall to climb up. We couldn't find it. We're going back to the car backtracking. And like now it's light and dark, and there's like a river and like a rock, like a thing crossing. And I like yeah, got slipped on a mossy rock and or a log, and ended up like with all my climbing gear like in in the river soaking yeah, wet. Yeah. yeah. Does that change the mood? Are you oh yeah, like, it was a good like, it's no. a good laugh after yeah, that. Yeah. It's like yeah. all right, none of this matters. It's like yeah, yeah, it's not as serious as we were all making it out to be. <laughs> <laughs> two. I mean, getting two drivers together for anything is always yeah yeah, right. yeah absolutely. Well, that's what he described it as like you guys were a good balance because I guess he's less technical on making sure the ropes are done a certain way yeah. but he's more willing to do dumb shit. whereas you're more willing to be more precise about what you're doing yeah but he probably takes you out of your comfort zone in a good oh, way oh for sure there yeah. were some like yeah he was like the rope gun in like climbing terms he was the guy that you could trust to like climb that really hard pitch to get you up there but like i would make sure the anchor was good so that if it went yeah, sideways it, went bad, we it wasn't gonna go bad staying attached yeah. to the mountain yeah. kind of thing yeah. sean you're the dalton kelly that is racers. in reason <laughs> yeah, yeah. until it comes to finance <laughs> Wee! Yeah, there was one yeah. we we climbed. We went to Yosemite and climbed this route called uh, Snake Dike, which is like up the back of Half Dome. Yeah, and um, it's absurd. It's like it's easy climbing ish, but it, it says it's like five four to five six. But it's really if you've been to a climbing gym, it's like it's probably five eight to five ten in some areas, and like that's fine if it was. But the bolts are every fifty, every thirty to fifty feet, you're attached to the wall. So like you know, and your rope's three hundred, two hundred and fifty six, three hundred sixty feet long or so. So, like, you might, you know, go, because how it works is you kind of leapfrog up the mountain. So, like, he'll climb up 200 feet, then pull me up, then we'll make an anchor, or, you know, pull up to the anchor, then leapfrog like that kind of thing. Um, so, if you fall when you're 30 feet of a bolt, you're really going to fall 60 feet because the rope has to catch, right? So, the whole route is, like, you just can't fall or else you're going to get busted up real bad. And this was, like, Zach's pet project. Like, he wanted to do this one so bad. And, like, I was totally, like, just freaked out. I was, this is, like... Not to tears, but I was petrified. Like, was what the, are we doing? This, yeah, this yeah. was like the closest, like indie, you know, whatever. Like, I, like, was nowhere near the fear level of what this was. Right? I was like, and part of it too is that you're a thousand or eight hundred feet above the ground or and and climbing, and you're there's no like sometimes in climbing you're in a chimney or on ledges, so it doesn't feel like you're that high. This one, you're standing on a slopey kind of. It's, they called it like, like they call it. Um, it's it's not like positive purchase. You're kind of like these slopey holds. It's a little slippery, and there's just air below your heels, kind of thing. So the men, this mentally nah, way tougher yeah, I'm out. than um, yeah. a slab. It's it, 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 okay. it's it's kind of slabby climbing. So it's sure. more like it's it's laid down, but it's yeah. still pretty vertical. Like if yeah. you fall, you're you're going. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're not, yeah, you're not exactly. stopping. Yeah. What's your favorite AJ Foyt story? Which one can I tell? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. um, we can leap too. We. Um, you know what? I think I, actually okay, this is. Kind of What's more your of, least favorite? <laughs> story. You know, the experience of like racing for that team was so unique because AJ is you know thankfully still with us, right? And like, yeah, like was 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 the were the results what I wanted or whatever? Like no, but like it was so cool to be at Indy with him, and one of the cool things is he would like. And he's still very much there. He's not, you know, he's not like he's mentally there, right? And he like, but occasionally he would like you just tell he's like reminiscing or telling old stories, and like he'd be telling stories of like back in the '60s or '70s or just you know or '80s or '90s, right? And, like his whole career spanned four decades or so, and it was just cool to be in that moment and like in those moments at at Indy with him and like yeah. kind of just 
what being a fly on the was. wall. Yeah, yeah and like yeah. just ex- just being around somebody like that. I mean, that, that was the coolest part of that experience. How was he with you? Good. Yeah, he was always like friendly. I mean, I think he's mellowed a lot. Right? Yeah, there, there wasn't right. any laptop throwing or okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Like, I don't think we, we never really had a negative interaction. You know, I mean, like he, he gave me a hard time for like, all right, he asked how the car was, and I was like, oh, it was kind of loose, and he like kind of kind of like chewed me out <laughs> for not like. Is, he was yeah. like, why didn't you tell him to you know take wing out or something? He's like, yeah, I probably should have been more on top of that or whatever. But um, no, like we he, he, he was always very you know. Yeah. You know, How was Bourdais with you? Good. I I like Seb. You know. I feel like you um, two would get along because he's got the engineering thing going too. Yeah, I think we had like one flare up at the start, <laughs> and I think that just sort of set like it was almost like that needed to happen. Yeah. Well, he, like, he probably had that prison rule of experience. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to put you in your place. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it was. It's like yeah. we were because he was like. It was he. He did one race in my first year. At the end of the year, it was him, Charlie, and I, Kimball, and um, it was like a. And, and it, it, I think when you first come in any car, like you just don't get it. And, I, and now I've seen it with. Or I'd seen it with the rookies, like in the second two years. Like I had all this experience, but like you see when the guys come in, in from lights, you're so used to just being so aggressive on the outlaps and like getting your own track position and qualifying and all that. And then um, in IndyCar, like there was a bit more of a gentleman's rule of like getting a gap and qualifying. And I remember just being so frustrated that it's like, oh, there's this whole queue of cars. Like, screw this. I'm just going to blast up the inside oh, and find my own. And, like, kind of be like yeah. keep you guys the fingers. I'm going by. Yeah. Not actually. But, like, that's, yeah, I know what you're that, that, that's that, the that, vibe. Yeah, yeah. That's how we took Because it was like, why are we all just – because I guess my point was always, like, if we all just, like, left our pit boxes and just f***ing went and, like, didn't dick around, like, there'd probably be enough track space for all of us. But, like – you try to you try to game it, and then all of a sudden the accordion effect, and like, yeah, sure, the first five guys get a gap, but everyone else gets kind of f***ed. So like, and I, I still think that's true, um, but you you just have to understand that's just how it kind of goes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're new. Yeah, and I'm new, <laughs> and so I like blast up the inside, and he tore into me a, a, after the the qual- practice. It wasn't even qualifying. It was like it was the the one red set you get in pra- in third practice or something, and. Um, and I think I kind of fired back and was like, I'm not going to wait around while everyone's just like, like waiting. Like we we have like, you know, there's a yellow. We have like two minutes left. Like if you guys aren't going to go, like I'm going to go. And and it was it was more it was a bit of back and forth. But like I, I think he kind of, I think he kind of respected that in a way or like because he kind of and I gave it back a little bit. But aside from that, I mean, and and, and it wasn't like we were fine the next day. Um, or like even a half an hour later, like it wasn't a big deal, but like we were always, like, I, I, he was one of my favorite teammates. I'd say I just felt like he was, and he was really like, cause he has this persona of being like. Well, we, we by the time this comes out, we did one with him as well, and oh, okay. we didn't we didn't meet a dick. We met an introvert. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. He was great. I like that and a lot. like yeah. in that environment, like he was really like very open and forthcoming with like advice and like helping me and stuff and I, and I really yeah. appreciated all that I, I believe was, it. I mean we only hung out with him for a couple hours but he was like very vulnerable with us about things that didn't go his way like the F1 stuff yeah, you yeah. know he was fan- it, like to the point where this weekend at the Glen a couple of fans were giving me credit for being standing around talking to fans yeah. and they're like because we saw Bordet earlier he was walking by like looking down he didn't want to talk about it I was like I think he's kind of shy actually yeah I, know, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it, and they were like oh I didn't know that I'm like yeah. I can't tell you why I know that <laughs> you, you do have a social media presence obviously you know um as you said, your your career maybe didn't go the way you would have liked, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, given all things, Twitter probably wasn't always the nicest to you. Do you have a favorite mean tweet? <laughs> no, but there was like, I think one of my the, I mean there there were you know people. Oh, what did somebody? Like the normal is kind of dull. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, they were just like troll, like the usual trolly bull. I mean, I honestly didn't like. I I, I saw a lot of it because I, I was never the type to like just block people. Like I always. Yeah, yeah, do you block? No. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe I've maybe blocked like two people. If they're way out of line. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but like not even then, like. Yeah. Oh. Like to be, I, I think the, I, I blocked a hand, yeah, I'd say a handful of people just because they like spam or it's just too. It's just like or on the phone. Oh, okay. It's just, well, that's like, stupid. Yeah, all yeah, I'm yeah. seeing is that person, but like. Yeah. Even with all the social media stuff that was going on the last couple of years, with some of the stuff I was talking about, where like it brought out some people from the woodwork that were had horrible opinions, like and and like even then I wouldn't block people because I, I still think like you need to see what's uh, what's out no, there. I, I get you know? that. I get and, the analytical but, side of you for sure. Yeah, but so um, was everyone really like, okay, that's pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there were some funny ones, and like, and like, again, I, I wish I had like, I should have kept like a mean oh. tweets thing. It'd be like funny to do something like that. Because yeah, sure. there were some that I was like, oh, that's a pretty good diss. Yeah, um, <laughs> good dig, good yeah. dig. You yeah. Yeah. Okay, respect. Like, I mean, I, I think the one that pissed, one that like pissed me off once was like I had a good, you know, like a, or it was, I had like a, a decent result at one, like one of the races in my first year or something in, in IndyCar, and someone was like, <laughs> I think it was what upset me was that like her profile picture she looked like she was like in her for like a mom in her 40s and she was right she was said, said something like oh even a blind squirrel gets a nut or something like that and like it's like it wasn't even a like it's not even an insult right, right yeah. but it was like you're probably somebody's mom and you're like on like you know some of your kids age or, or yeah right or, or whatever for no reason yeah, yeah it's yeah. like stuff like that i always just made me i don't know i just was like no, i get stupid. that i get um, that yeah when I think like the first year in IndyCar, you have so much more exposure than you would at like yeah. in lights and all that. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, I did to be honest, like sh- struggle with it, and, like you know, struggle with the just the like pace or the dislike. The well, I guess both to an extent. I mean, that first year was messed up with COVID. And, yeah, like, it was we had, a weird deal. It was like, yeah, okay, sit around Limited for three months. Now, yeah. okay, pr- like yeah. qualify race or what? And it was just like good luck yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, that was a tough year for sure. Um, but you know, I credit my my then girlfriend fiance but you know now wife like she was kind of there with me through all that and like it's always good to have somebody you can you know, helps, yeah. support you through country, this kind yeah. of stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not you know <laughs> over <laughs> iRacing she's like reading the tweets like no that one I agree with yeah. <laughs> like, damn it babe um, but like yeah it was hard the first year we just have that level of exposure to the stuff that you didn't have before and all of a sudden it's like you you're like why are these people that don't know me being like mean to me or being like yeah. you know what's who pissed in their Cheerios kind yeah. of thing yeah. right yeah and um but I, I kind of learned to, like, shrug it off or, or deal with it or kind of, like, I think what made me laugh was, like, there was this one guy that just would, like, I mean, nonstop. And then, like, at Indy, and, like, his face was in his profile picture, like, comes up, like, oh, man, can you sign my, uh, oh, like, asking for an autograph? Right and I'm like, I know this. And I didn't, I didn't call it out. But I was like, oh, this is that asshole that's, like. Yeah. And yeah. yet now here like, he is. Yeah. Well, that's going to say is, like, the, the, the Twitter here is, did people in your face ever get at a Twitter once. level? Not, not once. Not once. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. amazing. That's exactly yeah. how it right. is. Well, and, like, and that's the thing is, like, all my real interact and, like, okay, the social media stuff's real to as well. But, like, my in-person interactions were all, like, yeah, all positive with fans and like. Well, because you're actually a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I well, that. that's the thing. It's like if, if this guy hates me that much, like have the you know the bur- like the bravery to like say it to my face. I'll respect you more for that. Oh, yeah, if you, for like, sure. Go yeah. online and then ask me for an autograph like, oh, yeah. at the track. You know, I should have, should have. Oh, oh, I, I think I like to like, draw yeah, some scene on yeah. this thing. Um, uh, I mean, like standard T-shirts. Babies, body parts, whatever. Yeah, some babies. Yeah, once. Why is that a thing? I don't know. That's, That's our weird. second baby story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Somebody brought one of my broken front wings to an autograph session. Uh-huh. That like yeah, it wasn't like a mechanic cool. that had one. It was like they fished it out of the dumpster. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> there was a huge wreck at Mid Ohio in USF F2000 one year, and like yeah. literally half the field was taken out. Yeah. And I got caught up right in the middle of that, and like. I'm sure it was just right for the take. I'm sure fans went yeah, out with all that. Yeah, sure. right, yeah. And this guy showed up, like, literally with the main plane. or like, half of the main plane. Of an F2000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do with that? Yeah, right. And he was yeah, like, oh, I'm right. going to put this in my garage. I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. It's going to go next yeah. to the cut-up SAE car. Yeah, yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> exactly yeah. where it's going to go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we do a, po- a pass-along question okay. from guest to guest. Uh, so today we had lunch with Ron Fellows, and his question for you was, what do you want to do next? I think what I want to do, I mean, I'm already doing it to a, you know, in terms of being involved with K-Line and learning, mm-hmm. learning about that. But yeah, I guess that, I mean that's that's really what I want to be doing. And this right sounds now like desire, not obligation. Yeah, yeah. This is not like my parents aren't. This wasn't like you have separation. No, you. Sound, I mean, I really. You look yeah. at you. You want to do this. No, no. And yeah. I care about it for yeah. sure. And that's yeah. like I want it to be like it went from my grandpa to my dad, and it grew. And it. Because your grandfather gone, started this. Day. Yep. 1967. Yeah. 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 And um, and it was a you know a blue collar success story. Like they had a they they had a a cabin with him and his cousins and, a, and their um, he had their house, and they sold their car. They, they sold the cabin and refinanced their house, bought one truck, mm. and started doing. He, he was a, a lineman. He left left high school in grade eight, okay, and then you know went and worked for Ontario Hydro at the time. Gotcha. Thank you, and um, and then him and then you know wanted to didn't, didn't want to not be his own boss. He yeah. wanted you know wanted to have his own company. So yeah, he, yeah. You know, sold yeah. everything basically and bought one truck. Wow, and it kind of grew from there. It's literally Dick Cheney's story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not an expert on Dick Cheney's. Uh, yeah. Started as a lineman. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I he really did start as a lineman. That. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Um, so I started racing IndyCars. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now so, he has 400 trucks. Yeah. And my grandfather passed away in 2001, so it's okay. been my dad and my uncle since, right, since right. then. But, uh, but, so that's the goal, right? It's, it goes from one generation to, to the next. And like the third generation of family businesses is usually where it gets it's rocky. Tough, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> my idiot kid takes yeah. over. No, yeah, yeah, right. Right. That can happen. So yeah. that becomes and, and this is why uh, you can't go racing sports cars right, right now. Precisely. And, and like, what do I want to do next racing-wise? Um, I would, down the line, like, would it be cool to be involved with a team as from a, you know, whether it's a partner or an owner thing? Like, that would be a, an amazing thing to be a part of. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do or want to do, but, like, that would be something that would be very compelling within racing. So to, so to that level, to let's, let's say in a few years you start feeling more comfortable with your role at K-Line. You are comfortable now to get go back into to, to racing. Would you see yourself down that sort of, Justin Marks, I want to be kind of a fun, innovative team owner, or would you rather be the guy out running endurance races or, or you know, running prototypes or GT cars or something like that? I mean, yeah, I think if I had to choose between one of the two, it would probably be the team owner route. Really? That's, that's interesting. And what, what interests you about that? Well, I, I thought about this even as I was in IndyCar. I was like, you know, wouldn't it be cool? Like, imagine, like, and maybe this is because I knew it was unlikely that I was ever going to win the 500, but like, like, how about, okay, what, how amazing it would be, yeah, to like, if you can't win, or not that you can't win it as a driver, but like, if you do it as a driver, it's obviously an amazing, amazing, sure. right. you know, world class. But looking in the mirror, you understand where things are going to yeah. be. So, but yeah. then, like, the thought of, okay, what if you could build an organization that could go out and do that? And, like, yeah, you're not, like, the tip of the spear anymore, but, like, you had to make the choices and put the right people together to, like, make that happen. Like, that would be really 
Sorry. That would be very gratifying and, and compelling now, would as you, well. Would you be happy just to have a team like anybody else taking results, or would, would there be an angle you'd want to have? I mean, like, I think the angle would be that it would have to be sustainable within the business model of, of K-Line and being used as a K-Line vehicle? As like a K-Line vehicle or, okay. or, 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 or that like... sustainable as it's profitable. No, no, not profitable, <laughs> but like that there is a... You're not new. That, no, no, no. That there is a like, it makes sense in that either it doesn't bleed money or that you can like use it to complement your business. Maybe it's not a, right. a, a, a direct so break even. if you had 400 Indy cars <laughs> right. to run out and put up line. Yeah. But no, I, I think like, because it would be nice to have something that you could... Like, you know, I think you look at the Ganassi or the Penske, kind of that's, I'm not saying I want to be Roger Penske one day, like that's a ridiculous bar to set. No, but how they've used that B2B side of it. Yeah, and like yeah. how you do stuff like that. And then yeah. it like, you can, because then you can do it long enough that you can get really good at it. Like if you just take, oh, I have a hundred million dollars and I'm going to go IndyCar, like you're not going to be there for very long because that, 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 even that would go by pretty quick, right? So it would have to make sense and like so, be something that you could do. Like we always talk about the target model quite a bit, or but like we'll use actually Penske as a better example because he's got so many businesses. Like very little of his IndyCar program allegedly takes money out of his pocket. At least it, there was a time that was yeah. the case because he leverages so much of his business against the people that end up sponsoring, and there's a lot more tied in than just an ROI yeah. deal. I think so. that's fairly. I mean, again, I'm not. I've never raced there. I've never, I've, but just from what I've heard, I think that's a fairly accurate statement or that's what they're trying to do. Sure. You know? So if you could find sort of network that you're within to, right. to make a relationship base that could find ways to sustain it, whether it's B2B stuff yeah. behind the scenes or whatever, you, yeah. you would do that. I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Now, would Well, it be that's where you got to bring in the, that's where you got to bring in the salesmanship of you. Yeah, you got to call yeah, him the big, the big D. What's your, the big what's your D. middle name? Mark. My Damn. dad's name. Yeah, <coughs> it's like yeah. Edward, like the big deck. The, the B-E. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. B-D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, put the sunglasses on. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Calling the big D. Yeah. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So we don't know who our next guest is going to be, but if we could have you come up with a question for anybody that we might come across in racing and take a minute to think about yeah, it. Yeah. But we've interviewed, you know, engineers, journalists, mechanics, drivers, any, you know, any walk of life racer you can think of. Uh, okay, what's a complicated topic that you could explain to a five-year-old? Ooh. <laughs> Let's talk about driver ratings. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. And that's universal to anybody. Yeah. Um, we haven't really talked about the STEM stuff, but like uh, uh, during your IndyCar time, you were very, very involved in STEM connection with IndyCar, which uh, was very much kind of your thing. It makes sense being the, the physics engineering, excuse me, phys engineering guy. Uh, but like I, I did a video project at the Long Beach Grand Prix. And you were you were the guy that spoke, and I'm oh, guessing really? it's because you okay. wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, was that with when I was the Foyt? You would have been 21. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember it was like a, it was like a, like the army was there too. It was yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there with yeah, Jim yeah, McCallion, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, but that. I remember seeing that. I was like, you're not here because this is some obligation. You're here because you chose to be. Like, yeah, I yeah. could just tell from the way you were present. I was like, this is a real thing for you, but why? I think, you know, and later in my career, I got more comfortable talking about more of the political stuff, I guess. But I always felt that, like, maybe the best way to go about making change in the world was by just in helping people be smarter or like be you know find their I'm version sure that of, works in politics no but. no but like that was always my I think uh, like that was what I believed in was like education and I, and I don't mean that like we have problems because people are dumb that's a bad no, thing no, no, to no, say I that's not that, what yeah, I mean yeah. I, I mean that like better education for everybody leads to on average better outcomes you know and I think that's that's what I believed in and wanted to help promote um, so that's why, and like I just, and I, and I, it was real for me. Like I said, it, it was natural. I could speak the language and like had gone through that. Um, you know, it's like if, if I was like promoting like youth sports, like I suck at 
soccer or basketball. So like, it wouldn't have made sense for me to go and go and do that. Um, and I also just I always felt that like as an athlete, I got to do this like amazing, cool thing and be very fortunate to do that. And like I felt an obligation to just give back in a and way. So STEM and that, was, that kind was kind of the way. Kind you of saw my that. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was something specific to STEM. I think I don't really know much about it. I mean, I know it's generally a science thing. Yeah, yeah. So it. it's you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. And yeah. you know, nowadays you'll hear STEAM as well, like yeah, throw art yeah. in there. Which um, That's I, I think I STEM sounds better, but I think it's a it's a fair point. Like I've always felt that engineering is like art and science kind of combined, because creative solutions and design and all that. Um, but the uh, like what I always tried to do was like you know getting to schools and just talking about what we kind of with the SAE stuff like you're talking about practical applications and showing kids hey there's this really cool career path or career paths any number of that you could take and you know have a really compelling and interesting you know life or, 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 or career and that like you know your what you're seeing as a student in high school right now like there's so much more and you're gonna like there, there is an application to these things that you're learning and like you, when you do that you know you're not talking to the whole class like you're talking to you know How, young whatever dog young or, yeah, you know, right, what, right, what, what, right. but like but you, but you might also be talking to like, you know, if there's 30% of the class, hopefully that's like you're talking to, maybe there's like a couple of kids on the fence that like, you know, could hear this like, oh yeah, that is kind of cool. And maybe it flips a light switch on for them and inspire. And that's like what I always told myself, like that's, that's who you're talking to. It's not, it's not the diehard fan or the, you know, the, you know, like you're not talking to people that already believe it. It's the ones that are, you know, could be not swayed, but like could be inspired by what you're talking about. So our buddy uh, Justin Marks, he's got the, the Project 91 program as part of a track house extension. Obviously, it's a road racing specialty thing. Um, if you had, you know, you, you're looking at team management someday. If you had your pick, who would you put in that, that track house car? Well, I'd say if, if you can't track down uh, Jack Beach, then I think uh, Nick Tandy's probably your guy. Nick Tandy. Interesting. Or Jack Beach. Or Jack I'm, Beach. I'm, a, I'm in on Jack Beach now. I'm fine We're with changing that. this whole routine. He might yeah. be recovering from that night at turn 12, though. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What if it was Jack Beach that was in the hospital? What were you afraid of with us? Because you didn't really know that much about us walking in. Um, I think, Well, when I first saw the email, like, cause, I mean, still now, which I'm like, I'm not like a celebrity or anything. Like, a, I, you know, raced not for Not everybody's bit. Ryan Eversley. I guess. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I mean, it's, I was, you know. that's what I was worrying about. Was yeah, the, it's the, it's the difficult, guys. Ryan it's Eversley. difficult. Yeah. 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 These shoulders, I tell you. Um, but like, I'm not afraid, but I was like, oh, what's this random like thing that, but 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 then I opened it up and I was like, oh yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've heard of this. Yeah, okay, this right, right, like, right, yeah, yeah. A real deal. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I was really nervous about it. Because basically, you got like we wrote you basically the equivalent of an info at, right? Because I assume yeah. Dalton yeah. Kellen is your is your catch-all, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know when we get info ads, it's always a little sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Like I, um, I, I definitely heard of it before, so yeah. I like wasn't that worried about it really. What's the, what? Okay, so when it came to media stuff, what's the thing you hated the most? Hmm. Um, like, do you mean question or yeah, like question yeah, or yeah. just sort of direction of a question? The thing I hated the most, I think IndyCar is pretty guilty of this. I mean, I'll, all. What for every, every brand that has a big public presence is, is guilty of this, but like I always try to in my social media be like myself and really honest and like yeah, yeah I think people and I found people resonated with that more. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So yeah. like yeah. I can, like I can name a German physicist that respected the vulnerability and the the, the fact that you were very engineering oriented yeah. with all your stuff. Like and, that was who you are. And like I think sometimes brands, because I think they feel and then yeah they they have more to lose or whatever, but like they. I think they need it's like I hate when it was like you had to like say something happened like let's, let's just say a hypothetical scenario like tire company sponsors race and like tires are exploding and like everybody knows because the tires suck right but like the drivers are all like oh we really respect you know tire company because because we love tire company and it's like why don't you get out there and say what you actually think yeah right like yeah yeah, yeah. 
I just feel like that was yeah. just, I'm like, yeah, maybe the tire company takes some negative tweets yeah. for a little bit, but I think that's just better for everybody. But so you're saying when you're honest and then you show a story of recovery that that's actually yeah, better. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good, like. Thank you. Yes, yeah. we on your team. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've had the same thing. I've tried to say yeah. when I have a sh day, I tell you it's a day. Yeah. Yes. The second I tell you I had a great day, everything's fine, and it was a sh day. Yeah. Now well, then now I'm full of yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I can't remember where I heard this, but it was something that I heard it when I was in karting. And I, I don't know if like an old racer said it, but it was like I think someone's dad that I was racing karts with or maybe racing like like first the first car I ever raced, like a F2000 or a, a Formula 1600 car, something like that, like junior level. And I remember the dad was saying that like like if you become a professional driver or an athlete of some point, like the the no matter how your day was at the track like it's you're doing it like it's not fair for you to like not give the interview or like forget about the other uh, yeah, other right. obligations because yeah. you're pissed off about how your day went because like fans and families and people have showed up to like give you their time to like yeah, be there yeah. to watch you and like yeah. whether you had a good day or not like you still kind of owe them a little bit yeah. and, and like not, not that you like yeah like you're not gonna like if you had a really day like you don't need to go above and beyond but like you have to at least engage yeah. with that right exactly. because like they've especially, taken the time to be there yeah, right, especially right. if you're being paid by m&ms of course yeah <laughs> or interstate batteries but yeah. like yeah, yeah. i think that's your point like it's about being like it's about being open and honest and yeah. it doesn't mean you have to do the interview and be like no no everything's great yeah, yeah but, but you like, still have to do, still it. do the interview yeah, 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 right. the yeah, yeah. 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 that's why yeah. willpower is perfect Fan, and like that's the thing is i think brands think they're like they think in like averages or they think in they like, think like abstract 30-year-old middle managers or yeah yeah or or yeah they're just like you know if we if we if if the if the message is positive and the yeah, the sentiment is this and that and it's like look like the fan like people who are paying attention know what's going on they know there's this problem or that problem and like not admitting the problem exists makes you look makes it look worse yeah, i think yeah i agree you know yeah, absolutely so that that was my biggest well, dislike about the yeah, no yeah. we're we're what sells is storytelling not yeah. messaging and right. that's yeah. storytelling isn't all positive so yeah yeah, yeah. So. remember that with k-line marketing yes yeah. <laughs> just saying all right well uh if someone listens to this episode 10 years from now they didn't know you in indycar or whatever what would you want them to take away as your legacy? I guess I would like them to think that I was, yeah, someone that like had a had a goal and and you know worked for it and, and was very fortunate to have the family and economic support. Obviously, is how you know part of this happened as well. But like, I would rather be remembered as someone that like I don't know was just like a a good positive person in that paddock. I don't know. Like I'm that's uh, yeah, that's more the what I care about. You know. Well, on that note, I'd say Continental's got the check. God, I need it now. I can't afford to wait. I just had a fan hit me up from Kuwait. Told him this would happen, and we not a minute late. Seen him down bad, now they tryna hate. Same one try to hit me for the raise. Got a mail, now they coming with a place. Check the numbers, fam, I swear I'm getting paid. I'm a Don, just like the Perrier. It's one time when I'm looking at a face. On the low, like I'm pushing up the pace. Told him come down and I'll meet him at a gate. Got a check and I bought myself a place They get some money and they blow it on bait I'm flexed but I'm pushing all the weight Told them all I swear I got it's what it takes 
Phone started jumping, what a day. Swear to God, I need it now, I can't afford to wait. I just had a fan hit me up from Kuwait. Told him this would happen, and we not a minute late.